0: The following is another Class Sports presentation. Class Gets 98.9 Sports presents High School Football. On
1: second and nine, quarterback draw by Ryan. Breaks a tackle, breaks into the clear, sprints to the corner, and is into the end zone for a 24-yard touchdown, Overton Eagles.
0: Tonight, it's a Fort Carney Conference battle in Amherst as the Broncos take on the Overton Eagles. High School Football on KKPR is brought to you by the Class Gets Sports Club.
1: Jet sweep, Eck out, trying to get to the right side, all over him in the backfield, he breaks a tackle right now to reverse his field, down the left side, 30, 20, still breaking tackles inside the 10, rushing into the end zone, touchdown Amherst.
0: Both teams are off to slow starts this season, but have played plenty of top 10 competition. District play begins tonight, and Amherst is hoping to give the homecoming crowd a victory to cheer about. It's the Eagles and Broncos coming up next, but first, the New Tech Seed pregame show. We'll take you live to Amherst with Randy Bushcutter right after this word with New Tech Seed.
3: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Amherst. A beautiful night for football, sun setting in the West. And, well, the team's right now are doing the coin toss, getting all set for a couple of conference rivals who are starting some district play. A big matchup for both Overton and for Amherst. Amherst comes in looking for their first win of the season, 0-3. Overton at 1-2. and But this is the beginning of district action. So everything else up to this point has pretty much just been preseason. And you win out you will make the state football playoffs. That is a guarantee. And Amherst and Overton look to be pretty well positioned within their district to be a couple of those teams vying for a spot. So this is a big early district matchup. Randy Bushcutter joining me tonight, Scott Carlin. And, and Scott, you, you kind of talk about in the NFL, we're kind of used to the preseason. You don't really have that concept near as much in the college level. But it, it kind of does show up a little bit in the high school level because this is district action. And regardless of being 0-3, 1-2, doesn't matter. You throw those records out, it's how you do within your district that guarantees you a spot in the state
4: playoffs. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of exciting for these teams that have struggled a little bit. It's kind of that rebirth type type of game here, where you can really start your second half of the season here on the positive note, and what you've done before has just been laying the groundwork and the foundation for your postseason push, really. And last year, Amherst, a lot was expected of them. They were one
3: of the, the, the favorites going into the state playoffs, was, was ahead of the team that ended up going down to uh, Lincoln uh, at, at halftime. They graduate a lot of guys, they had an outstanding year a year ago, and that graduation and a couple of injuries have kind
4: of gotten them behind the eight ball just a little bit here, starting off at 0-3. Yeah, you know, and you look at their schedule, they've played a very difficult early part of the season, you know, going on the road some of those early games, but I think with them coming home, starting district play, just looking at their body language, they're excited for this game, and sometimes that 0-3 mentality isn't a good one. Looking at these guys, they seem excited to play, and that's a great feeling for them.
3: And Overton's excited, too. They're one and two. They're a pretty young team. Yeah, they got some seniors out there, absolutely. But for the most part, they're looking a year, maybe two down the the road. This is a team they really kind of feel like uh, if they can get some experience and make it to the playoffs this year, that would help them immensely down the road. This is really
4: a team of the future, but really within their district, the future is now. Yeah, you know, anytime you're playing a couple younger guys, you always think the future's coming up, the future's coming up. Unless you're that senior, and then you're thinking, this is the future. And I think when you look at an Overton team, they have tradition on their side. They have some kids that definitely want to reestablish that. And that means in district play, they have to assert themselves, and that starts tonight for them.
3: Absolutely. Now we're going to step away for just a few moments. When we come back with more of the New Tech Seed pregame show, New Tech Seed, your yield leader, contact Terry or Jason Stark or New Tech Seed dealer near you. When we come back with more of the show, we'll talk with the two head coaches. We'll begin with Overton head coach Paul We'll talk with the coaches coming up right after this.
5: Farming is a way of life here, and today's farmer has a feel for the land, a knowing touch that shows in the riches of the harvest. CHS has been a partner to the farmers, the communities, and the area charities, including the Harvest for Hunger campaign right here. So when we say there is a CHS Agri-Service Center near you and ready to help you build your future, we mean it. CHS Agri-Service Center people and resources you can count on always and always here at chsagra.com.
6: If you're a grower looking for big yields, start with Pioneer brand Y-Series soybeans. And don't forget to ask your Pioneer sales professional about the Pioneer premium seed treatment options that can help your soybeans stand up to the toughest growing conditions. Why go anywhere else for your entire soybean seed needs? To learn more about seed treatment options for your farm, contact Craig Weges, local Pioneer sales representative today. Pioneer, science with service, delivering success.
1: Welcome back to the New Tech Seed pregame show here on Classic Hits as Overton and Amherst get ready to battle on the football field, and we're joined by the head Eagle, Paul Husenfeldt, coach. Uh, Both teams would obviously like another win or two in the column, but uh, both teams have seen some uh, pretty good competition here early on in the season. Uh, How would you rate where your football team is right now?
7: Oh, I think um, you know we're a very competitive team. Um, We just haven't got over the hump yet, and and we need to get that get to that point. coming in the beginning of districts here, so um, we need to get this win underneath our belts so we can keep moving on and, and get throughout the year.
1: You had a couple of games were wow. able to get that bye before uh, you took on Hemingford. What did you do during the bye week?
7: Now, uh, you know, we just kind of really, really worked on, on us and, and all the little things that we needed to do to prepare for a, um, a very aggressive ball club, uh, one that was... I would say almost uh, exactly the same as us, you know, wanted to pound the ball and, and, you know, they got the same blocking schemes and everything. And so we just worked on, you know, being a little bit more aggressive and hard-hitting and, um, you know, we talked to our kids that we need, we need to have playmakers and, and guys that are going to make out, breakout plays. And uh, we're just, we're, We didn't have that in that game and we still need to find someone that's going to uh, make those big plays.
1: Talk with Overton football coach Paul Husenfeld here as they get ready for uh, Amherst. We know for years and years and years that Overton has wanted to run the football, but uh, actually Braden Kaiser's put it in the air a few times here for you. Is that out of what you've seen or necessity, or is that just because you've got a, a few athletes that uh, you want to put the ball in the air?
7: Oh, I think more out of necessity. It was, uh, You know, everybody wants to be able to throw the ball at least a little bit. got to keep people on their toes. Um, we're a heavy-run team, but, uh, you know, I... I I like throwing the ball. Uh, I like like Kaiser throwing the ball. We just, you know, a lot of times either miss it or what, or late in the game between the Southwest and the uh, Hemingford game, we're trying to make a comeback and trying to, you know, get some quick points, and it just hasn't really worked out for us so far.
1: One of the names that got a little uh, publicity probably before the season, and he's showing it as your running back, your leading tackler, is uh, Josh Thompson. Tell us uh, about what you've seen from him in the first three games.
7: Yeah, Josh is. You know, he, he's our he's our back that uh, you know we've been with for three years now, and um, you know he's the one that we have kind of put our shoulders on and or, you know packing on his shoulders. And he's a good back. You know, small, quick, been moving through. He's been had some breakout runs, this and that. Uh, you know, he's been a great back for us uh, it, on the uh, defensive end. You know, he's a tackler. We know he's a tackler, uh, and he's been working hard all this
1: whole season for us. What uh, what have you guys been looking at? Uh, we talked about the, uh, the the bye week and then what, how I'm playing Heming forward and now getting ready for district play here, which is not going to be easy. In fact, uh, the district has a lot of teams like yourself that uh, have a lot of history. What uh, What's the attitude of the kids been like this week, and what have you been working on to prepare for Amherst? Well, you know, Amherst,
7: uh, you know, traditionally I've been coming out and, and uh, spreading it out and, Throwing the ball, so we've been wor- really working on our pass defense and uh, being able to put some pressure on the quarterback add-along and just being able to some tackling space. Um, you know, Hemingford was a lot more of straight ahead and, and whole tackling and making sure we're wrapping up, and now we have to wrap up in space. And the kids are, you know, that's a, that's a big difference from you know looking at the at the tight end for a tackle compared to out in space and and you know they they are a good ball club um even though they're 0 and 3 they've you know they they hit really quick uh they're they're looking for big plays and, they, and if we can get that stopped i think we'll be fine
1: Talk about uh, your defensive backfield. Not only is Meyer uh, doing some great things for you at the quarterback position, uh, but uh, you've got some safeties back there, Kalhanick, uh Kaiser, that can uh, get some good things done for you. Uh, for those three, talk about, as, as if Amherst goes deep, as they seem to do about every other play, uh, the speed and what you've got back there in your defensive backfield. Well,
7: I think, you know, the speed we can match up with them fine. Uh, the biggest thing is not letting them get behind us. Uh, you know, that that's the biggest thing is Adalong's out there and he makes plays stretch into longer uh, plays than they should be. So he gets to throw that deep ball because those guys get loose and, and that's going to be the biggest key is that we can keep them um, in front of us and make plays against it and get a little bit of pressure. If we can put, put that pressure on him, make him have to throw that ball a little sooner, hopefully um, we don't have to worry about the long ball as much and uh, we can go from there. Uh, that's going to be the key for us.
1: Paul Husen with us for another minute here on the uh, new tech seed pregame show. A lot of kids out, but as usual, a lot of freshmen will start there with you. You got 13 freshmen. It looks like on the roster compared to the six seniors. What do you think about the depth and the uh, overall, uh, some of these kids that uh, are second, maybe third stringers for you? Yeah,
7: you know, you know, I'm really impressed on, especially a lot of our freshmen, how, how fast they've already stepped up, uh, in the JV program. And, uh, you know, we got some. We got a freshman, couple freshmen playing varsity and, and doing some great things there too. So, um, I think our younger part of our program is, you know, where it needs to be. Um, you know, as long as they start, you know, just keep believing in Overton and what we do here, and get bigger and stronger. Um, you know, I think you know, in the next year or so, we'll be state championship ready. And uh, you know, if if we're not, you not. Know, we have two losses this year, but that does not counting us out. You know, we, if we find our groove and get going, we got we got a lot of good, talented kids that can uh, really work hard and you know have a chance at that at that level. So,
1: Paul, I guess we'll, we'll kind of all right. yeah, Paul, will wrap it up uh, kind of with that as you go into district. It's that new portion of the season. What do you like most about your team that could propel you into uh, getting into the playoffs this year?
7: Well, you know, the biggest thing is that, you know, if we can just play our type of football, not worry about what everybody else is doing, you know, we'll be just fine. I, I like our kids. I think we got a good group of talented kids that are willing to work hard and move forward from game to game. You know, as long as we continue to keep getting better and better every week, I think we have a great chance of getting to the playoffs. Um, I know we're going to be facing some great teams South Oof, Elm Creek, um, even Amherst, Bertrand. Um, but, you know, if we can, we can get those guys, uh, we'll have a great chance at playoff. Um, I know it's going to be a tough schedule, and I know that it looks like it, you know, we're going to be the undrag in every game, but uh, you know, it's eight-man football. You just never know each week, and, and you can't put us out because uh, as soon as you do, that's when we'll, we'll attack. you. Yeah. So um, Hopefully it'll end up the way we want it to end up.
1: All right, Paul. Appreciate you giving us some knowledge on the Eagles, and uh, wish you the best of luck uh, tonight against Amherst. Thanks for the time. Thank you very much. That's Paul Husenfeld, head football coach of the Overton Eagles. We'll be back and chat with Amherst coach Ron Evans right after this on the New Tech Seed pregame show.
8: seed dealer
6: for all your custom slaughtering and meat processing call belchner custom meats in amherst belchner custom meats has everything you need to fill your freezer with locally raised beef and pork from steaks roast and hamburger why go anywhere else when you have the best meat right here in amherst belchner is a very proud supporter of all of our youth and their accomplishments good luck to all the area athletes in and out of the game
1: And welcome back to the New Tech Seed pregame show. Amherst homecoming. Overton rolls in. A little Fort Kearney Conference matchup. They had volleyball last night. Tonight they've got football. and Both teams very hungry for a win, as we just heard from Coach Felton. Now Ron Evans, the head coach of the Amherst Broncos. And Coach, uh, last time we chatted in the preseason about a month ago, before these three games, you got to buy in there. Obviously you would have liked to uh, etched one in the win column, but uh, you definitely have one of the tougher schedules around just take me through what's going good for your team right now and what's not going good
9: well offensively we're we're playing pretty well we just tend to uh, at the most inopportune times uh shoot ourselves in the foot uh at the uh, Bertrand game we got close and we had a chance to you know to chip away at the lead and at least be in the game and then we had a poor offensive series against Perkins County we didn't have a shot they took it they took us out of the game Real fast with their, you know, their option game and their defense. We didn't have an answer for that. And then, then we played Burwell and we got within striking distance there again, but uh, once again, poor offensive series. You know, didn't tackle very well on defense, and and that leads us to uh, being
1: 0 and 3 right now. What are you more concerned about? I know that you had all that explosion that everybody was raving about last year, but you are giving up points. Are you giving up points because you can't score, or are there are other reasons that are that are coming to that
9: well defensively we're we're just not getting off the blocks very well, and uh there's several reasons and then we're not we're not tackling very well either and, and the teams we've been playing have a real good run game, and if you can't stop a run game, you can't stop a team at all so what they're doing was we're worried about the run game. They throw the ball over the top on us. So it's just one of those things that, you know, last year we were able to do that to other teams. Well, this year they're doing it
1: to us because we're
9: just having trouble stopping the run.
1: Well, let's talk about the what you decided to do at the quarterback position. Both of the young men have played, but you still put the ball in the air quite a bit.
9: Yes, both boys have been throwing the ball pretty good. Their stats are pretty good. We we have a pretty good turno- or a touchdown ratio to to completions and we're not throwing a lot of interceptions we're we're kind of avoiding that so and we have good receivers we got a lot of them we just got to make sure what we've got to do is we've been we've been catching the ball we've been catching the ball but then when we really need one caught we tend to drop it or or we have a poor pass protection or it's one of those you know whatever can go wrong will go wrong
1: type situation so far And, of course, the quarterbacks we're talking about, Trevor Adelung, uh, has a little bit more uh, going as far as snaps, and then Trace Bosch comes in for him. Have you tweaked anything? Uh, Have you done anything different as these three games have moved along, plus you had that bye week?
9: Well, what we've done is uh, tried to really work on a run game out of the spread. You know, we spread people out, we want to be a little bit better on our jets and our quarterback keeps and then our counters off of that. Because we were, we were simply throwing the ball, I think we threw the ball 70 times or something like that against Bertrand. Uh, it was 60, I guess. That's, <laughs> that's still plenty. But we were just throwing it too much and, and not getting enough running game established. So we've got to mix that in a little better. That and the screen game, plus still you know, picking our spots to go deep.
1: Chase Pearson uh, is one of those receivers. You've got uh, Riley Thompson, Kalen Klingelhofer. They're all about their yardage, but Chase has got into the end zone a little bit more. And then on the other side, he is leading you in tackles. Talk about uh, his play. He seems to be one of the bright spots so far.
9: Yes, yes. He has uh, been catching the ball. He's kind of what we call our little Jordan Wester camp. The ball gets close to him. He catches it. So, you know, he's not the fastest kid on the field, but he gets open and when the ball's in his area, he catches it. And then Defensively, you know, he's not real big, but, boy, he, he still will get in there and make tackles and, and uh, you know, help us out in the run game. Like I said, we've, we've been on the defense a lot, you know, because team's been running on us, so he's getting a lot of chances to perfect his tackling technique.
1: We're talking with Amherst head football coach Ron Evans on the New Tech Seed pregame show getting ready to battle Overton. You lost one of your mainstays and your starters uh, in the opening week in, in Holden Eck out. Sounds like he might be able to give it a go tonight. Uh, talk about him and what you uh, missed in his absence.
9: Yeah, well, we missed a big play on on, you know, on offense, and he's a tall kid, runs real well, and you know we just missed another receiver out there that could make that clutch cast for us in certain situations, so that was one. And then... We really miss him on defense, too. He's a pretty good defensive end, and, and we just missed him as far as running control and stopping the run. So we're glad to have him back. We're, his ankle's still a little little sore, but we're going we're gonna to let him play a little offense this week and see how he does. Well,
1: tell me a little bit about what you uh, have scouted with Overton uh, and, and what they want to do. They're, obviously, most teams are going to be different than you, but uh, they also want to keep it on the ground. And the Thompson kid, what do you know?
9: Yeah, they look like they like to run the option a lot. Whether it's a speed option or they got a little got a little dive option that they run out of uh, out of pistol formation, that looks like they're pretty effective with. Uh, we they they block the option a little different than most teams. They tend to block the end and and give their quarterback a little more free run. So we're going to have to be you know sound in our assignments as always and and tackle well because they'll be able to move the ball on us if we don't tackle well. You know, hopefully we don't revert back to our our. Uh, not stopping the run game because we've got to do that to have a chance on Friday,
1: Ron. Uh, you start district play. A lot of people are starting district play this week. It's kind of a, a new season. Um, South Loop and Elm Creek are off to good starts. Everybody I talked to is still worried about playing you. Uh, what is your outlook as you go into district play?
9: Well, we're looking now that our non-district situation kind of got blown up. We're once again our goals now are to win the district. You know, get this one get this one uh, tonight, and then come on back and and see if we can, you know, give Elm Creek a go uh, next week and south loops after that, and then we end up with Ravana. We only have four district games. So if we can go four for four and then handle Cambridge at the end, we should be in pretty good shape. Our goal is to get better defensively every week so we can start stopping some people a little bit more and, and giving our offense a better chance.
1: All right, Ron. Well, we'll see if uh, everybody goes home happy from a homecoming, at least from the Amherst side tonight. Uh, Always great to chat with you. Best of luck. Okay, thanks, Doug. That's Ron Evans, head football coach of the Amherst Broncos, and we'll be back to give you the starting lineups and kick it off tonight after this on the New Tech Seed pregame show
6: save money and breathe easier call axman heating and air your lennox dealer now's the time to make sure your heating system is working properly and efficiently call and axman can do it all from furnaces to humidifiers geothermal heat and infrared heat for farm buildings they specialize in all makes and models sale and service axman heating and air your lennox dealer serving pleasanton and the surrounding area craig and karen axman would like to wish all the area athletes best of luck Time now for our Five Points Bank starting lineup. Our starting lineup brought to you by
3: Five Points Bank, the better bank in Kearney. We'll begin, first of all, for Overton. They come in with a record of one and two. They'll be in their road white uh, tops with the black pants, blue helmet. And their starting lineup will look like this. At safety will be Brendan Meyer, a 135-pound junior. Sam Kohanek will start at safety, 145 pounds and a senior. At running back and linebacker will be Josh Thompson. Thompson, 145 pounds and a senior. Josh Arajo will start on the defensive line. He's 190 pounds and a junior. Tony Vollmer will start at running back. He's 185 pound senior. Dylan Smith, running back and linebacker, 175 pounds and a junior. Chevy Davenport uh, will start on the offensive line. He's 190 pounds and a junior. Also on the offensive line will be Peyton Grote. He's a senior, 230 pounds. Freshman Ryan Lobby will start at linebacker. He's 175 pounds. On the offensive line, Drake Dravenport. He's 230 pounds and a junior. And Skyler Brown rounds out most of our starting lineup. He'll start on both the offensive and defensive line. He's a 210 pound sophomore. The quarterback and safety for the Overton Eagles is Braden Kaiser. Kaiser is only a sophomore, 130 pounds. For head coach Paul Heisenfeld, his assistant coaches are Eric Ryan or Ryan Matties. Caleb Lemke, Brady Weiss, Aaron McCoy, and Jacob Jensen. And now for the Amherst Broncos, still looking for their first win of the year. They'll start Hunter Jones, a 5'9 senior at running back and defensive end. Grant Bergstrom, a uh, six-foot junior, 175 pounds, will start at center. Kaylin Klingelhofer is 6'5 and a senior. He'll play uh, defensive end as well as wideout. Sam Florell, only a sophomore. He's 5'8, 150 pounds. He'll play linebacker, hold the neck out. We'll make the start tonight at split end. He is uh, 6'3", junior, 200 pounds, has been hurt the last four weeks with a sprained ankle. But we'll uh, try to play a little offense here tonight. Riley Thompson, a junior, 5'11". He'll be an end and defensive back at 145 pounds. Colin Jackson, also a junior. He's 5'11", 170 pounds, and he'll play defensive line. And for Chase Pearson, he's a senior, 5'8", 165 pounds. He'll play running back and linebacker, Dane Bogard, a senior. He is 6'3". He'll start at guard and defensive end. Jacob Peterson, a 6'4", senior, 270 pounds, and he'll play guard for the Amherst Broncos. And the quarterback and defensive back, Trevor Adelung, is a 5'10", senior, And he weighs 140 pounds. Our starting lineup brought to you by Five Points Bank, the better bank in Kearney. And the coaching staff at Amherst, Ron Evans is the head coach. Eric Rippon, Joe Radke, and Colin Pfeiffer round out this starting lineup. So the 0-3 Amherst Broncos in homecoming night. They're wearing their black home uniforms with the red numbers, letter, and trim. With the horseshoe on the sleeves, very reminiscent of the same logo that they... uh, use at say hastings college looked a lot like hastings college actually these uniforms and also the uh helmet that they've kind of uh, tweaked a little bit from what the uh, denver broncos have but the Amherst broncos all set and ready to go in their silver pants black jerseys and white helmets now once again our starting lineup is brought to you by five points bank the better bank in carney randy bushcutter here and uh Kind enough to uh, join us and knowing a little bit about football, even though you're actually a basketball coach. Uh, your, your dad uh, did a fair amount, Scott, over the years. Scott Carlin, kind enough to join us with a little bit of uh, color analysis here tonight. And again, this is a great opportunity for these two teams to really kind of jumpstart that district action uh, before they take on teams like Ravenna and Elm Creek. There was going to be a couple of teams within the district that they're looking out for, but a great opportunity for them to get things going on the right
4: note. Yeah, you know, anytime you get a conference game, you kind of know the kids a little bit better than maybe some other teams from around. And then when it starts district play, it just adds up the intensity and gives you a little bit more excitement. And then for Amherst, you add a homecoming game to it. And that's a big game here. And this is that's the type of feel you want for the start of your district play. And that's exactly what we got tonight. And they're going to have that.
3: It is a great night for football. If you're in a neighborhood, come on and join us. If not, turn it up. We'll have it for you all night long here. On Classic Hits 98.9 FM. We're going to pause for just a few moments. We'll be back with a kickoff right after this.
10: At Sap Brothers' store in Odessa, we have this thing some like to obsess a little about. It's called customer service and quality. Come see the gifts galore from ceramic dolls to purses, clothes, tools, electronics, art, and decor, all located inside Sap Brothers, located on I-80 in Odessa. Check out the monthly specials and the cleanest restrooms on I-80. So clean, they're mom-approved. Sap Brothers, you don't have to drive a truck to stop at Sap Brothers Travel Center.
6: Overton Sand and Gravel is a proud supporter of this broadcast and all area high school teams in and out of the game this year. Call Overton Sand and Gravel for when you need it rocked. Overton Sand and Gravel is the only name you need to remember. They carry everything from crushed concrete to river rock, decorative rocks, and gravel for driveways. There's no job too big or small for Overton Sand and Gravel, commercial or residential, concrete, and other rock. Overton Sand and Gravel, serving Overton and surrounding areas.
5: Farming is a way of life here, and today's farmer has a feel for the land, a knowing touch that shows in the riches of the harvest. CHS has been a partner to the farmers, the communities, and the area charities, including the Harvest for Hunger campaign right here. So when we say there is a CHS AgriService Center near you and ready to help you build your future, we mean it. CHS AgriService Center, people and resources you can count on, always and always here at chsagra.com.
6: If you're a grower looking for big yields, start with Pioneer brand Y-Series Soybeans. And don't forget to ask your Pioneer sales professional about the Pioneer premium seed treatment options that can help your soybeans stand up to the toughest growing conditions. Why go anywhere else for your entire soybean seed needs? To learn more about seed treatment options for your farm, contact Craig Weges, local Pioneer sales representative today. Pioneer, science with service, delivering success.
3: You've been listening to the New Tech Seed pregame show. New Tech Seed, you're a heel leader. Contact Terry, Jason Stark, or a New Tech Seed dealer near you. We're all just about set and ready to go. They put 12 minutes on the clock, and uh, we just had the national anthem sung by... uh, three members of the student body here at Amherst and we're just about ready to kick this one off you hear the band in front of us we're all set and ready to go to kick off homecoming here for the Amherst Broncos taking on a conference rival in district play the Overton Eagles Randy Bushcutter Scott Carlin glad you could join us for high school football and we've been kind of talking about it on and off when we weren't on the air this is just kind of a little slice of Americana yep. uh, this is this is a big event uh, it,
4: for for Amherst, Homecoming, and all the uh, kind of trappings that come in with that. Yeah, you know, you can definitely tell there's the excitement of Small town America. You know, there's nothing more pure than that. And you can tell there's an excitement among the fans, whether you be 80 or you're eight. It just kind of hits everybody, and everybody comes back and they get a little more excitement about this. And that's what exactly is happening here tonight. And a real good crowd on the Amherst side. The uh, Overton side
3: still coming in. They got uh, one of the three bleachers assigned to them. Got that one full. They need to do a little work
4: on the other two, but. Uh, they're uh, the, the, the crowd here for Amherst, they've kind of filled up the Amherst site. Yeah, you know, you can tell that this is a big night for the town of Amherst, and everybody's came out to support their boys, and that's what this is all about is that hometown f- pride and stuff like that.
3: And Overton will kick things off to get things underway here. Teeing up the football for the Eagles is going to be uh, Josh Araujo, and Araujo will be uh, doing the kicking here. It kind of alternated. Uh, He's done some. uh, Sandoval has done some as well throughout the course of the year. But this time, it's going to be off the foot of Araujo as he tees it up at the 30-yard line. And Amherst will have hands on the ball first here. And there's the whistle. Hands in the air. And we're just about ready to get things underway. And the kick. Is going to be relatively short. It's going to skip, but it goes through the, leg, through the hands rather and into the end zone, off of the hands of Chase Pearson and into the end zone. So a nice job there on the uh, kickoff there by Rajo to get the touchback.
4: Yeah, you know, just kind of one of those line drive kicks where you don't quite have enough time to react and get to it. So good job there by him, pinning the Broncos back about the 15-yard line there to start. So they'll be at the first
3: and 10 from the 15-yard line. Broncos come out, and again, uh, what win there is is going to be in their face here to start things off. And Adelung, who is is six of 65 of 115 for 743 yards on the year, will throw a quick little hitter to the outside. And by the time they uh, wrap things up, that's going to be a nice gain of about
4: eight. Yeah, you know, just kind of one of those little quick swing passes out there that almost works as an extension of the run but it makes you, gets your athletes in space and gives them a little freedom there, and Amherst right back at it again.
3: So just a, a quick little hitter out there. I think that was Pearson that came up with it. Yes, it was. And now they're going to run the little sweep coming to the left side, and they lose the football, but it goes right to one of the Broncos. A little bit of a break there as uh, dropping the ball was Hunter Jones. Jones dropped it, and then coming up with it and saving the day here for the Broncos is uh, big number 59, Dane Bogart.
4: Yeah, you know, kind of in that jet sweep action, they're trying to get their athletes in space again, and this time just the ball kind of never got secured fully and it popped out, but Bogart did a nice job of jumping on it, securing the ball and giving the Broncos a first down. So for Jones, we'll give him credit for about eight yards on that play out of the run.
3: And now out of that uh, shotgun formation will be Adelong. No backs in the backfield. He's got three receivers to his right, and he's just going to run right up the middle, makes one man miss with a little juke, and he's going to end up gaining about six or seven on the play before he's finally pulled down there
4: by uh, Kaiser. So one quarterback tackling the other. Yeah, you know, just kind of when you spread people out, if you don't have that gap responsibility by your D lineman, you open up some running lanes, and Adalong just took the snap and then went right up to the middle there.
3: Adelong has now carried the ball 20 times on the year now for 68 yards. He'll have a quick little hitter out here. He just pitches it out for Holden Eck out. out down the sideline, a stiff arm, and is going to go out of bounds just short of the 30-yard line. So he's going to gain, well, we'll call that 9, we'll call it 12
4: yards. Yeah, you know, just kind of that same spot pass type thing. This time to Eck out a little bit bigger wide receiver who just lowers his shoulder and goes down the sideline before Kaiser can knock him out. But another first down, and they're back at it again.
3: And his first catch since the first quarter of the first game of the year when he turned that ankle, and he's back in action for the first time. Adelung calls for the ball, has time to throw. He's looking. He's looking plenty of time. Could run if he wants to. Now that's exactly what he's going to do. He'll bring it across nearer to the 20-yard line. Going to be awfully close to the first down marker. They're going to say he's out of bounds after a gain of
4: about eight and a half. Yeah, you know, did a nice job. The offensive line did a great job of protecting him there, but the defensive backs for Overton did a great job of not letting the receiver break open, and then Adelong finally pulls it down and wisely gets out of bounds to avoid a hit.
3: First drive of the game here for the Broncos, and Adelong's going to keep it after faking the jet sweep. He picks up a block, bounces it to the outside, heads to the pylon, and is in for the touchdown. A 22-yard
4: run for Trevor Adelong. Yeah, kind of ran off that jet sweep type action there. And Adelong definitely just rode that ball fake and made the defensive end crash down and then pulls it out wide. And then it's a foot race and he has enough speed to get to the corner there for six for the Broncos. So it is a six to nothing lead, the very first possession of the game here for
3: Amherst. So they make their presence known with their offense early on. Their Their offense has been pretty good this year. We'll talk about that here in a little bit a little bit more, it's the defense that's been a little bit suspect. After getting the touchdown, now Adelong will try to kick the extra point. Doing the holding here is going to be Hunter Jones. Good snap, good hold there by Jones, and Adelong, good form on that kick, and it is seven to nothing. So 10-27 to go here, quarter number one. Broncos march right down the field. Now they'll kick it off with a 7 to nothing lead after a five-points bank touchdown. All of our touchdowns brought to you by Five Points Bank, the better bank in Carney. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with a kickoff right after this.
8: It is a
3: beautiful night for football here. Uh, The the wind is blowing just a little bit, but the field's in very good shape here, about uh, 81 degrees at kickoff, and uh, the wind, a little bit of a factor, about 17 miles an hour. Our field conditions are brought to you by your Pioneer Seed representative, Craig Weges. Pioneer knows more about field conditions with top-yielding Pioneer brand soybeans. With Craig Weges, your Pioneer Seed dealer, science with service, delivering success, and delivering success on that first drive was the Amherst Broncos as they march right down the field and get the touchdown
4: and with ten twenty seven to go here in the first quarter, they've got a seven to nothing lead. Yeah, you know, definitely took the motto there, let's get our athletes out in space and then Trevor Adelong was the recipient of a nice, well designed play of faking the jet and then beating everybody to the edge there and that's what when you can spread people out with athletes that would that's what it gives you and it gives you the opportunity to let athletes win one-on-one matchups
3: Well, the wind did blow the ball down so Adelong, before he kicks off here he's actually going to have it uh, held on the tee there by Colin Jackson and he'll kick it and he'll kick it very high into that wind it'll be picked up at about the five yard line and trying to get the corner on that far side is uh, I believe that's Kaiser and he'll bring it across the 30 that's pretty good field position here to get things started As if that would have gone just a few more yards, it would have been at the 15-yard line. As it is into that wind, it'll be first and 10
4: for the Broncos at about the 32. Yeah, just kind of one of those sideline returns where he just kind of follows his blocker. And before you know it, you're up to the 25-30. Then you drag a guy forward for about another two yards here. And that kind of shows the difference in maybe personnel of the power of Overton to the spreading out of Amherst. Kaiser steps in under center. He's 14 of
3: 43 for 209 yards, but he's just going to hand the ball right up the middle, and there's really no room to run
4: at all there for Josh Thompson. Yeah, just out of that double tight set, I formation, just kind of run that iso set. For Thompson and the offensive line, just tries to surge forward. Good job by Amherst of standing people up, so it's minimal gain of about two or three there. But a nice job by the defensive lineman of standing the offensive linemen up a little bit early. Now, again, we've
3: talked about it before. Overton is a fairly young team and they're not going to be able to power it like they normally have been able to do. They run kind of that read option, and I think the ball comes out. The ball initially was in the belly of Tony Vollmer. Vollmer went down, and then I think the ball came out. I think the quarterback might have still had his hands on it. And let's see where they spot it. Where Volmer's down or where the ball ended up? I think they're going to put it back where Vollmer was, and uh, that's actually going to be uh, more of a loss on the play for Overton and the officials might be discussing this, I I think Overton fell on the ball anyway. So we're just dealing about where
4: they're going to spot the ball is about all that matters. And, And all the officials do huddle up to discuss it. I think they were looking at it, did the whistle blow premature maybe even there a little bit. But they give it to Overton for virtually no gain there on what looked like it could have been one of those belly option type plays. But ball did come out, but it's Overton ball regardless of what happened there. And now that puts them behind the sticks a little bit. So Kaiser, out of that pistol, has one running back behind him, and now he'll move out of the way.
3: So it's going to be just Kaiser alone. He's looking to throw. Pressure's coming up the middle. He runs to the outside, tries to get the sticks, and he's not going to get there. He got just a little bit past the line of scrimmage, maybe not even past the line of scrimmage, as he had to run for his life. Pressure came right up the middle. Good
4: pursuit there by Chase Pearson. Yeah, you know, the Imhurst kind of went with the opposite mentality of what you might do there and dropping coverage there, and they brought a blitz. And then they said well, our pursuit will get him there before the first down, and that's exactly what happened. So nice job by the Bronco defense. Back deep is going to be Trevor Adelon.
3: And punting here should be Sam Kohan. can't see the number from here, but, yeah, that is number 12. He'll put the uh, foot into it. It's a high end-over-end kick, and nobody's going to be able to pick that up. It actually landed out of bounds, and we'll see where they spot it. The ball hit about the 15-yard line but out of bounds. So we'll see where the flight of the ball is. They're going to say about the 30-yard line is where it went out of bounds. That's just their best guess. What they do on that is they kind of go where the ball landed, and the official stands where the punter was, and then they just kind of line things up uh, and uh, figure out where it is on the
4: sideline. That's the best they can do. and I don't know, about as accurate as anything else. Yeah, you know, it's definitely that not- – flight of the ball type thing, but trying to keep the balls out of uh, Adalong's hand there a little bit and not letting him make a play again for the Broncos.
3: Well, again, they have good team speed here for the Broncos. You kind of want to limit how much they're in space. Pearson's going to come across in motion. They're going to hand it off to Hunter on that right side. Hunter Jones trying to get the edge. Can't. Overton's got some team speed, too, and they they closed uh, down that gap very, very quickly, and it's only a gain of about one for Jones.
4: Yeah, you know, Overton did a nice job kind of stringing out that Power type play with the motion there, kind of where they're trying to kick out the DN. But a nice job over there by the Eagles, letting them the flow get there, so he has nowhere to go. Good team speed by Overton, as you said, defensively there that time.
3: So we're at the eight-minute mark, quarter number one, second possession of the game here for the Broncos, who lead at seven to nothing here in Amherst. The handoff right up the middle, and boy, they folded that down very,
4: very quickly. Dylan Smith might have got him low, and Ryan Lobby got him high there. Clean, hard hit there on kind of the ISO. But yeah, definitely Jackson kind got, of. Jackson got bent backwards. Definitely welcome you to Friday night football there a little bit. So nice play by the Eagles there and putting them in third and long again.
3: Yeah, and that was a good, solid hit as they hit him right in the illegal area, You know, yep. right there in the chest. They got him stood up. So now it's about third and eight here for Adelong. No backs in the backfield for him. Comes with a little bit of pressure, and he's going to do a quarterback draw right up the middle. Gets a great block. Has enough for the first down. Brings it across midfield and is going to take it down to about the 36-yard line. So that's going to be a gain of
4: about 13 and a great block there by Kalen Klingelhopper. Yeah, uh, Thompson came on a blitz that time, and it looked like Grant Bergstrom was able to pick him up and give him a seam, and then Klingelhofer gives him the block to string it for the first down, so it could have been, a gain about two or three, picks up that first down and sustains this Bronco drive. Uh, two drives here for the Broncos. This is
3: their second trip into Eagle territory. Looking to throw is Adelong. Pass in the middle is tipped and nearly interception. Uh, diving for that tipped pass was uh, uh, Brendan Meyer. Couldn't quite get there. Meyer just kind of ran out of real estate, and it falls incomplete.
4: Yeah, kind of one of those crossing routes across the middle there where Adelung went to the deeper guy crossing just a smidge high, and it hits his hands and floats down, luckily for the Broncos, because Meyer was the closest one after it hit the hand. They're playing with a little bit of tempo here,
3: and Adelung is going to have a lead blocker, just a quarterback sweep, and the Overton reads that very well. There's not going to be much gain, if anything, on that at all. Maybe a gain of about a half yard. The Eagles did a nice job of sniffing that one out.
4: Yeah, Lobby was in there again, and Moore, number four, was in there for the Eagles. Just kind of stringing things out, letting your players make plays, and did a nice job at the point of attack of standing everything up, so Adelong had nowhere to run.
3: So it'll be third and a long nine here, six and a half to go, quarter number one, second possession of the game here for the Broncos. Two wide outs to the right, one split to the left, which is fairly narrow. Adelong has time to throw. They're going to throw a flag here. looks like a hold, and he's going to throw the ball deep, and it falls incomplete. So do you want fourth and nine, or you want third and 19? Because I, I, I bet that's a hold and it's going to cost Amherst 10 yards.
4: Yeah, where the flag was thrown, that's definitely that holding range, and that's exactly what the officials are signaling there. But a nice job by the Overton defensive backs of not being able to break away from the defense backs was the Broncos there. So good job by Overton back there. Kaiser was the one kind of covering where Adelong was looking for a while. But a good job there of staying with their guy. They are
3: going to back him up 10 yards, and that's what you traditionally do. In fact, it's going to be more than 10 because the, the hold actually took place at the 40. So that's going to be a 14-yard penalty. It's going to set up now third and about 23. You know The, the yep. good news is for, for Overton now – yeah,
4: They got to get 23 yards. The bad news is they got two downs to do it instead of just having the one. Yeah, you know, definitely just one of those times where you kind of back them up, especially with the shorter eight-man field compared to maybe the 11-man. But you give them that extra down over again, and when you have the athlete Amherst does, maybe you're thinking you can pick up half of it, and then you got another chance at it. So the big play here for the Eagles, can they win the field position battle with that penalty? Well,
3: two or three games this year, they scored over 30 points, so they got an offense. Rolling out his Adalong, pressure's coming, he's going to throw it, and it's going to be uh, downfield and incomplete. Great pursuit, and eventually driving him out of bounds on a good clean hit there
4: with Chevy Davenport. Yeah, Davenport and Lobby with putting some pressure on Adalong, so he couldn't set his feet and let the guys work downfield enough. And that's exactly what Overton needed to kind of win that field position battle after giving up one first down is all in that second drive after Amherst really was able to march down the field the first time.
3: So it is a punting situation here for the Broncos. Good snap, and putting his uh, foot into it is going to be calling Jackson. Jackson, a good high kick. It's going to be picked up by Meyer. And Braden Meyer gets a couple of blocks and is going to get the ball across the 30 to about the 35, make that about the 36-yard line. And so that's going to end up being a uh, about 16 or
4: 17-yard return. You know, one of the hidden things there might have been number 13, Rafael Sandoval, waiting there till Meyer was able to get out wider than him to set the block up because otherwise a lot of guys aren't patient enough for that block and they get a block in the back there. But Sandoval did a nice job of waiting, being patient, so he could get in front of the guy, so there's no block in the back, and that's what Spring Meyer down the sideline.
3: So we're nearing the midway point of quarter number one, and looking for their first first down of the game here will be the, uh, the Eagles. They pitch it out left side, ball's on the turf, and uh, scramble for the ball, and I think Amherst may have come up with it. Yep, it looks like they did. That's what the official signaling is that 36. Well, they, they pitched it, and it went behind Tony Vollmer on that pitch. And then
4: falling on it. I think it was Chase Pearson out there. I think so, too. Johnny that's who I, spot, Did that's a great who I job had, yep. finding that ball on the ground and just going after it with Reckless Abandon there. Great job by Pearson of recognizing a situation to get some momentum back in the favor of the Broncos. Well, unfortunately, that, uh, that's going to be a fumble here, and that's going to set
3: up a really good field position for Amherst as Amherst will now have it first and 10 from about the thirty-one. Man in motion coming across here, Adelung, and he's going to hand the ball off. And there's a pretty good seam right down that sideline. Cutting back to the inside and being pushed out of bounds at about the five yard line there is going to
4: be Riley Thompson. Thompson's going to gain about 25 as they say he's out at the six. You know, great job there by holding Echo, being a receiver blocking for a fellow receiver. Was probably about 20 yards downfield and just sealed off that sideline to give him. Ten more yards or five more yards, I should say. There, great job by holding Neck out of being an unselfish teammate and blocking for your fellow wide receiver there on the jet sweep. So that's going to be a gain of
3: about 25. it will be first and goal from the six as they go out of bounds there. And Adelong will have one back in the backfield behind him. That's going to be Hunter Jones. On the left side split out there is going to be Jackson. And they're going to hand it off to Jones. Jones has a little seam, goes right off guard and into the end zone for the touchdown.
4: Good job by number 33, Colin Jackson there, kind of coming across the motion and picking up that defensive end, kind of like an old 11-man power play there. And just a nice job by Jones of reading the seam and just finding that end zone, knowing exactly the angle he needed to took. But a nice, well-designed play and great block by the offensive line and sealant down so Jackson could kick the guy out. And good job by Jones of following both those blocks.
3: So Hunter Jones with the touchdown brought to you by Five Points Bank and Carney, the better bank. A Five Points Bank touchdown and now... Adelon will try to add the extra point after the uh, hold. The kick is up. It is good, and it's 14 to nothing. Amherst with the lead here at home on homecoming against the Overton Eagles. They cash in the turnover and lead it 14-0 with 5.45 to go here. At quarter number one.
6: Back to Amherst right after this. This sports broadcast is made possible in part by Kappa Grain in Elm Creek. Did you know that Kappa has a way for you to save time, money, and get the best prices for your grain and have records of it? With their online offer center, powered by DNT Market Space. See KappaGrains.com. Make sure you're getting what you deserve for all your hard work and dedication. Kappa takes great pride in doing what they can to make it easier, faster, and more profitable for you. Best of luck to all the area athletes from Kappa Grains. And welcome back here to the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth.
3: Local people, local decisions, local ownership. Nebraska Land National Bank member, FDIC. And uh, add along... uh, couple of great kicks there for the extra point. Shows that range. Again, you don't, in D1 football, you don't have a lot of guys that you would trust with a 30, maybe even the 35 or even 40-yard field goal, but uh, that was into the wind. Yep. And Adelung has a nice, uh, nice leg to hold the ball for him to kick it off here.
4: Yeah, you know, definitely kind of a rarity. I haven't seen too many eight-man teams that kick the ball as consistently as Amherst does. And Adalong just puts it right through the uprights every time, making it look easy, really relying on that form and that great leg he has. Well,
3: I want to check who their long snapper is because he's done a nice job yep. of, with the long snap as well. That's an unforgotten element. Yep. kickoff here going to be picked up by Lobby, Brian Lobby on that far sideline. Same kind of return, yep. same kind of result. They're going to get
4: out to about the 31-yard line. We'll be first and 10 here. For the Eagles. Yeah, just add a nice high-hanging kick. So it lets his team get down there, but it also lets the return set up for the Eagles. And they've done a nice job of having that sideline return where Lobby can just kind of follow the wall that's off there. And before you know it, he's at the 31 or 30-yard 30 line there in that area. And just a nice job of not having to make anything fancy. Just kind of hits hits the wall there and lets it go.
3: Reminder for you, all of our games do stream live on Platte River Radio Group of Stations and on PlatteRiverPrets.com. And it's all brought to you by Barney Insurance, Carney, Holdreach, Lexington, and in Lincoln. And you can check out all of our apps at the App Store. You can join us on our uh, FM app. Quarterback keeper, nowhere for Kaiser to go. He is enveloped, and Hunter Jones just kind of... uh, I want to put a rodeo reference in here. He kind of hogtied him and just uh, threw him down
4: after no gain. Yeah, you know, uh, Jones did a nice job of just shooting the gap after it looked like almost that wing unbalanced look where they're running a little speed option type look and got there so quick they didn't have time to even pitch the ball. And Kaiser did a nice job of not forcing something where it could have been another turnover. But Jones, nice job of finding the gap and shooting through there. and
3: kind of wrapped up both those legs, did everything but throw his hands up in the air and yell, Time! <laughs> Be second and 11 from the 29, man in motion coming across there is going to be Thompson. They're going to throw a flag on the start of this one, so that's going to be on the offense. That'll be a legal procedure or an illegal shift. I think they have their option. They're going to call a legal procedure, so it's going to be now second and about
4: 15 and a half. Yeah, just kind of a little jump start there, trying to make sure they could seal that off and just a little bit too early there for the Eagles there. So that will get the clock moving again here under five minutes and uh, get
3: you updated on a few scores that we have from around the area on KXPN. Uh, Eighth ranked Carney Catholic has a lead in Coze right now, 14 to nothing. That's the same score we have here, 14 to nothing, except the home team is up ahead. They do hand it off this time to Thompson and Thompson is going to be thrown down again. That was great penetration there and a couple of different players there uh, with the contact and the stop and, uh, Lean the way was number forty, and I don't have number forty on my roster.
4: Was it thirty-three? Jackson looked like he was in there again. Yeah, kind Jackson of a, was in on it as well. Just kind of one of those where they're able to shoot three, shoot free. Kind of looked like one of those zone read looks that you see on Saturdays a lot, and that time looked like the Broncos just tackled both of them, and he gave the ball up so there wasn't a turnover again.
3: So it's going to be third and a solid 15. Kaiser calls for it. He's looking to throw. Throws it over the middle, and he's going to overthrow Sam Kohanek. Pretty good coverage there by uh, Jones, and underneath was Adelong. Would have taken a perfect
4: ball, and that one was overthrown by about a yard and a half from being absolutely perfect. Yeah, you know, and a kind of one of those that's got to be perfect, but if I throw it there and it misses, it's not a turnover. Yep. So that's a great miss, and that's kind of a hidden thing sometimes. Is there's good misses, there's bad misses, and that was a great miss because there's no turnover there in that situation.
3: So Kohanic will punt. Again, the wind is beginning to die down a little bit, but the wind will be at his back, and he'll put his foot into it at the 15-yard line. A little bit of contact there, but no flag. And Jones will pick it up, makes one man miss, picks up a block. Cuts back to the inside and a great form tackle there by Josh Thompson that put him to the turf at about the 29-yard line.
4: Yeah, you know, a beautiful punt and uh, almost, quote-unquote, outkicks his coverage there. And as a punter, you hate to ever say that, but it gave Tom, gave uh, Jones a chance to get a return there. But a nice tackle by Thompson as he did everything you could teach. Nate Gary might want to look at that film so he doesn't get ejected anymore because that was a great job by Thompson.
3: Don't get me started on that topic right there. <laughs> Number one, uh, Omaha North with a win tonight against 10th-ranked uh, Grand Island, 56-21. to 21. That is the final. Adalong throws a quick little slant in the holding Eck out coming across the formation, makes the catch, and is going to have a gain right at the first down sticks. I'm going to put down uh, 10 on my stat sheet here, but
4: they're just a little bit short of the first down. Yeah, you know, a great job by the Amherst offensive line of not only giving Adelung time, but getting the defensive linemen's hands down so they can't bat that ball down. That's across the middle where a lot of bad things can happen if you don't complete the pass.
3: I think we're less than a length of the football away from having a first down here. It's second down, and Adelung's going to keep it. And I don't think he got back the line of scrimmage. I think he's going to lose one yard, and that's going to bring up now third and very manageable.
4: Yeah, It looked like Caleb Moore and Josh Thompson were able to shoot, th- shoot free through there a little bit and didn't bite on the jet sweep that time and did a great job of stacking Adelong up for a loss of maybe one there. You know, and uh, get ready for this. I'll write down a stat sheet and who's running the ball. A lot of times with
3: eight-man teams, you write down maybe three or four names, of people that's run the football. I had to make really small font to get all the different guys that run the ball for Amherst. A lot of it is on that jet sweep. Adelong will be under center here. About a yard and a half is what they need. They're going to hand the ball off to Jones. Jones got was off that right side, breaks one tackle, runs over another guy, and unstack
4: everything. You gain about four yards and move the sticks. Uh, kind of one of the rarities you see Amherst come out of that two tights, eye formation stuff, but Chase Pearson does a nice job of sealing that off and giving uh, Jones the first down lane there. So great job there, mixing things up, making you adjust defensively if you're Overton there. So 225 to go. Clock still
3: moving here as they move the chains. First and ten from about the 38-yard line. Alung's going to pitch it out, cutting back to the inside. Here is uh, who was it that had the ball? Was that 33? Yes, 33. it was. It was Colin Jackson, yeah. and Jackson is not going to make it back line scrimmage. He's going to lose about
4: two and a half, three yards. Great job by Dylan Smith there, at, kind of at the point of attack, was able to defeat the block and shoot through there and make the play in the backfield. Great job by 31 there for Overton.
3: So now uh, the shotgun is Adalong. He gets a high snap, handles it pretty well, has time to throw. He's going to air it out in traffic, and it is caught. No, they're going to wave it off. He came up with a ball in traffic there, but Pearson's catch at about the 15-yard line, they're going to say it hit the turf, and the official, you could not ask him to be in any better
4: position than what he was. He was actually over the... Over the uh, action there and leaning in. Yeah, you know, and a great ball by Adelung, but a nice play by number 12 for Amherst. Sam Kohanek there, and o- Amherst is back at it again.
3: And, again, they don't waste any time. He'll r- throw on the run, and he'll throw it incomplete and tend it over here for holding the neck out at about the 20-yard line. Second straight incompletion, and that's now going to set up now fourth and about 12. The ball spot at the 40-yard line, and they got to get about to the twenty eight.
4: Yeah, Amherst definitely just came back and must have seen something they liked because they went with kind of that quote-unquote Oregon tempo you talk about all the time where there was no huddle and they weren't even waiting but a great job by Overton that time and forcing a fourth down play. And uh,
3: Overton, I think, was uh, looking for the punt, and uh, I think Amherst was going to go for it. So Overton will call the timeout. This timeout brought to you by Nebraska Land National Bank. Take timeout to find out what Nebraska Land National Bank can do for you. Local people, local decisions, local ownership, Nebraska Land National Bank. Member FDIC. 1.45 to go here in the first quarter. 14 to nothing Amherst. We'll see if they punt when we come back after this.
6: For all your custom slaughtering and meat processing, call Belshner Custom Meats in Amherst. Belshner Custom Meats has everything you need to fill your freezer with locally raised beef and pork. From steaks, roast, and hamburger, why go anywhere else when you have the best meat right here in Amherst? Belshner is a very proud supporter of all of our youth and their accomplishments. Good luck to all the area athletes in and out of the game.
3: And welcome back here to the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth. And uh, Overton, I'm not sure they were, were ready for what uh, Amherst was trying to do. And we'll see if Amherst still decides that they want to go for it here on fourth and about 12. ball right at midfield. Nose of the ball is right on the 40-yard line. And it does still appear that Adelong is going to uh, throw for the first down. At least he's the only back in the backfield right now. Two wideouts to the right, two to the left. Calls to the ball. They are going for it on fourth down. A little bit of pressure. Throws it in underneath. Going to be caught. Going to be enough for the first down. Making a man miss is going to be Pearson. And Pearson will get it down to about the 16-yard line.
4: So that will be a 24-yard gain. And moving the chains are the Amherst Broncos. Yeah, kind of ran almost a verticals routes there where you have a bender out of your four-wide set where one guy kind of runs like a deep post and another guy kind of runs a dig on the inside. And it makes your linebackers and safeties make decisions, but a great job by Adalong of finding the open guy. Second catch of
3: the game here for Pearson now. They're going to lob it in the end zone for Eck. Out with a catch in the corner. Yes, it's
4: a touchdown. Oh, what a great ball by Adelong and great job finding it because Kohanic, I believe, was on the coverage, and he had great coverage there. That was just in the perfect spot there where you can't ask him to do much better, and it brings out the PAT team, and I believe it's been number 59, Dan Bogard, that's been doing the long snapping, and, and every single snap so far has been directly on the money on this stuff.
3: So Hunter Jones will come out there, do the holding here. After the uh, snap, as you mentioned, is Bogard. And that alone will try to add the extra point after throwing a beautiful catch. And neck out well covered, but still able to make a, a bit of a juggling catch. Good snap, good hold. The kick is also good. 21 to nothing. Amherst with the lead here in quarter number one. Minute 24 to go here in the first quarter. It's been all Broncos when we come back to Amherst right after this
6: timeout save money and breathe easier call axman heating and air your lennox dealer now's the time to make sure your heating system is working properly and efficiently call and axman can do it all from furnaces to humidifiers geothermal heat and infrared heat for farm buildings they specialize in all makes and models sale and service axman heating and air your lennox dealer serving pleasanton and the surrounding area craig and karen axman would like to wish all the area athletes best of luck
3: and welcome back here to Amherst, a beautiful five points bank touchdown thrown by Trevor Adelung connecting with uh, Holden Eckout. the extra point good, and it's 21 to nothing, Amherst with the lead here. And again, they played with that tempo, so we didn't really set up the stage, but yep. he came out of that shotgun just to kind of a two-step drop, lob it out there,
4: let Eckout run underneath it, and that ball could not have been thrown any better. Yeah, and that's kind of what shows you the athleticism of Eckhout, that Amherst has been missing the past few weeks, as you said, since about the first quarter of game number one, and just a great job because the defensive player was there for the Overton Eagles, but just sometimes you're more athletic, and that's exactly what happened for Eckhout, and a great catch there after a great pass by Adelong.
3: So now he'll kick it off, and I think they're going to say that uh, they throw a flag at the back end of things here for Overton, and so it's going to be a legal procedure on
4: Amherst. Do we kick it before we were given permission to kick it? I think that's the only thing I think I could have thought of there with the guy that threw the flag and the situation it was is must not have not had that ready for play so whistle there: The
3: white the white hat is the one that threw the flag staying at the goal line. And apparently we didn't blow the ball ready for action here, so it's going to be a legal procedure. That's going to cost them five yards.
4: Yeah.
3: So now you <laughs> Why do you... Okay. You kick off at the 30. Why do you have to back up the 30 to walk into to the 25? Yep. You know, I mean, again, when the ball's at the 23 and you're going five yards one way or another, I get that. But there's a stripe there. You can just walk over there. Yep.
4: Especially... That is the proper technique, and I'm not <laughs> criticizing the officials who are doing proper technique, but that's it's just... kind of one of those why is the rule written the way it is? Because yeah, the right. officials are doing it the proper way right. that they're trained, yeah. and you're supposed to do it, but the way it's written doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you talk about pace of play.
3: There you go. along now will kick it, and this time he's going to kick a little bit shorter, try to hit it in a turf with a little backspin, and it's going to be picked up at about the 18-yard line. And coming up is Lobby. Lobby just takes it right down the sideline, and he's going to bring it across the 35. Well, they're going to mark him just short of the 35, so... With that five-yard penalty, it's about the same return that with, uh, they've had every kickoff here for Overton, just going right up the sideline, and they've been able to get the
4: ball. About the 30 to the 35, depending on whether or not there was a five-yard penalty before. Yeah, you know, out Adalong, that time, the ball just kind of spun backwards and sat down on him like a great wedge shot for a golfer there. Otherwise, if that bounces, that thing could have been rolling around inside the five or so. So good job by Lobby of getting the ball quickly.
3: Kaiser looking back to throw a little play action here. He's going to lob it out there. He's got a man, the ball caught in space here by Smith. Dylan Smith going to cut back and bring it inside the 20-yard line. So that'll be a gain of uh, about 35,
4: well, we're going to call it 36 yards. Great job there just on that play action where you fake the ISO out of that I formation and let your tight ends kind of ran, a little post in a corner out there. And Smith did a nice job on that corner out. And a good ball where it's very catchable to make sure you complete it. Sometimes you always want to make that perfect, perfect pass, but that was the right read there by Kaiser. So ball, it's at the 18-yard line, first
3: and 10, pitching it out here for Thompson. Thompson trying to bounce it to the outside. Now he cuts back to the inside. That traffic clears. It Breaks a tackle, bounces through everybody. I thought they had him wrapped up, but instead he's into the end zone for a touchdown.
4: Yeah, about three Broncos hit him, and Thompson just wasn't going to go down. And when you're trying to arm tackle or starting to strip the ball, Thompson just kept those legs moving. And when someone spun him around there, couldn't quite tell who it was. He shoots free there, and before you know it, he's passed everybody into the end zone. Great job by Thompson keeps keeping his legs alive. The
3: Broncos had him corralled and let him go. I think they were trying to rip at the football. He took care of that, kept his legs moving, and just kind of spun out of there and goes in for an 18-yard, five-points, bang, touchdown. Under center here is going to be Kaiser. Kaiser. Little quarterback counter coming across here is Volmer. They hand it off to Volmer, and Volmer trying to get in the end zone can't quite get there. So the try for two is no good. There's 52 seconds to go here in the first quarter, and Overton shows some signs of life. They get uh, a long run by Josh Thompson, and an even longer pass from Kaiser all the way out to the tight end, Dylan Smith. And basically two plays, they cover the distance, and they now cut that lead down to 21-6. Overton finally on the board, and they'll kick it off to the Broncos. We come back right after this.
10: At Sap Brothers store in Odessa, we have this thing some like to obsess a little about. It's called customer service and quality. Come see the gifts galore from ceramic dolls to purses, clothes, tools, electronics, art and decor all located inside Sap Brothers, located on I-80 in Odessa. Check out the monthly specials and the cleanest restrooms on I-80, so clean they're mom approved. Sap Brothers, you don't have to drive a truck to stop at Sap Brothers Travel Center.
3: And welcome back here to the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth as the Overton Eagles getting on the board here, getting some offense going. They open things up with that uh, long pass, great play-action pass, and then a, a tough run there by Josh Thompson for the touchdown. And it's 21-6, to six, and now making sure
4: that uh, waiting for the whistle is Josh Arajo to kick it off. I think we got a flag again on the far side where everybody's lining up. Someone might have been outside of that 5-yard range trying to cover the cover the kickoff there. Well, they're coming up here to they're throwing the flag and they're going to be calling it's encro- offsides. It's where you're outside of that 5 yards to kind of that concussion protocol safety. They've made everybody covering the kick be within 5 yards of the ball and if you're right. on the line or beyond it it's they call it encroachment, but it's too much of an advantage i guess you could say and they say. were
3: they were on the line nobody was completely behind it no nope. so i think it's just maybe a misunderstanding of what the rule is and it could be that maybe other officials haven't enforced it as yep now jump up and bite you so here we go and again kicking off here it will be arajo arajo will kick it off here for Hunter jones jones kind of a line drive goes right up the middle and he's going to be brought down at a just short of the 30-yard line.
4: Yeah, Jones kind of coming up on it, making the play like a center fielder over his head. If he doesn't catch it, that thing's back into the end zone again. So nice line drive kick there, but a good job of covering the ball or covering the kick there for the Eagles because not a lot of coverage time, but, again, they closed it down quickly. So nice job by the Eagle kick coverage team.
3: Uh, elsewhere, uh, number six, Carney at home. They have a 14 nothing lead over Fremont. That game is in the first quarter in uh, class c1 as we mentioned carney catholic with the lead in Cozad, 14 to nothing that game is on kxpn on our group of stations the ball is on the turf they trying to run a quick little pitch out there and the broncos are able to fall on it they're going to lose a few yards but they're going to keep possession of the ball pouncing on
4: the ball there and saving their bacon is going to be riley thompson yeah thompson came across in that jet sweep type action again and uh, didn't quite ever get the ball, but did a nice job once he realized the ball was out, just stopping on a dime and getting back on it. Because, again, that's one of those plays that could be disaster if you don't get it back.
3: So, that is going to end up being a loss of about three. And I think we have to pin that one on the quarterback. Adelong would throw it out that right side, have a little screen, and a good open field tackle, fighting off the block uh, and uh, getting to uh, Jones was. I want to. I'm losing him down there, and I think coming up
4: the bottom of that pile was Josh Thompson. Yeah, Thompson did a nice job coming out from his little linebacker spot, as did big Skyler Brown, a 220-pound sophomore, coming from his defensive line spot. So nice job of pursuit by the Eagles will force a third and long here. And uh, we'll
3: find out what they do on third and long when we have the first play of the second quarter because that was the last play of quarter number one. With the Broncos leading here at home, 21-6 to over the Overton Eagles. We'll be back with the third and 11 from the 27. We come back to Amherst right after this.
0: Farming is a way of life here, and today's farmer has a feel for the land. A knowing touch that shows in the riches of the harvest. And farmers know CHS Agronomy Department is who they can trust and count on. Your CHS Agronomy Department can help you with everything from chemical, fertilizer, seed, and soil samples. CHS Agri-Service Center is right there where you are. That means you know the people, and they are giving back in your communities. CHS Agri-Service Center. People and resources you can count on always, and always here at chsagri.com.
6: Overton Sand and Gravel is a proud supporter of this broadcast and all area high school teams in and out of the game this year. Call Overton Sand and Gravel for when you need it rocked. Overton Sand and Gravel is the only name you need to remember. They carry everything from crushed concrete to river rock, decorative rocks, and gravel for driveways. There's no job too big or small for Overton Sand and Gravel. Commercial or residential, concrete, and other rock. Overton Sand and Gravel, serving Overton and surrounding areas.
3: And welcome back to the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth on the road here in Amherst with the Broncos on homecoming. Have a 21-6 lead over Overton. Third and 11 from the 27. Along calls for the football. Has time to throw a little bit of pressure coming out. He lobs it out that left side. Kind of a jump ball. It's going to be tipped and knocked incomplete. Staying with it was Kaiser. He
4: knocked it away the
3: first time. It went in the air, and then he slapped it away a second time and out of bounds.
4: Yeah, kind of one of those jump balls stack out there and – Kaiser did a nice job of getting the ball, and then both of them kind of turned to that defensive back, making sure the other one couldn't play it down. So nice job by Kaiser of forcing that punt on the third long. He's thrown a perfect ball before, but Adelong,
3: that's what it was going to take there. It was another pass by Adelong that was absolutely perfect because Kaiser could not have covered him any better. Good snap. Pressure coming, and the kick is going to hit the turf, and the Eagles are going to make a return and get clobbered for it. Holy cow coming right up the middle after the bounce was Josh Arajo with the with the uh carry. Actually it was Kohanic on the return. I apologize. It was 12 not 15. Kohanic came up with it and he was hit immediately.
4: Yeah, kind of one of those the ball bounced and it didn't go left, right, sideways anywhere. It just went straight up and down and came up and tried to field it, but the Amherst Broncos doing a nice job of covering the ball there, not giving them anywhere to run. They swarmed him quickly. I think that was Pearson who made the tackle. So we'll see what Kaiser can do here
3: at quarterback. He's under center, has two running backs behind him out of that I formation, and they'll uh, run a little counter to the near side, and trying to shake the uh, tacklers is Josh Thompson. Thompson trying to drag what he can forward, but he's not even going to make it back to the line
4: of scrimmage. That was great line penetration there by the Broncos. Yeah, great job by the Broncos there, because Overton trying to run a little fake toss action and run kind of a counterback. And nice job by, I believe it was number 10 there, Florel that did a nice job of shooting under the pulling guard that came back in on the counter action and kind of defeating the play there and getting him in the backfield and going low at his legs so Thompson couldn't break another long run. Well, the wind's died down a little
3: bit. Kaiser will throw into that wind as they set up a screen. It's going to be uh, complete here to Thompson. Thompson will uh, get uh, one lead block out there, but fighting through
4: that and then making the tackle here he is going to be Colin Jackson. Yeah, kind of a nice job, and Adelong was out there taking another blocker up, but a nice job there by the Overton Eagles setting up that screen on maybe not the most obvious time to run a screen there. So that's a great job by the coaching staff. They're recognizing that's when you want to call it. No one was expecting it, and they really did exactly what you needed to, got it back to that third and manageable, third and short, third and medium. So good job by the Eagle offensive line blocking on that screen.
3: And Kaiser is two out of three for 43 yards here in the game and he's out of the pistol here one running back behind him and that's john thompson they're going to run the option and kaiser is going to keep it now he pitches out to thompson thompson trying to get the edge and i think he did i think he got enough for the first down as he's knocked out of bounds at about the 30 yard line
4: Yeah, kind of almost looked like it was going to be a quarterback sweep with the way they blocked the defensive end and given Kaiser time, and then when you have to come up to him, he makes a nice late pitch to Thompson. Before you know it, Thompson's got about four or five yards and picks up a first down, so nice job there by the Eagles on kind of a wrinkle on how you'd block a normal option play.
3: They get just across the 30-yard line, so they have to cross midfield here to get the first down. They stop the clock with 10.5 to go. He went out of bounds. He ran for a little bit there, but... No harm, no foul. Kaiser's going to step in under center, one back in the backfield. They'll move another man out there, and they'll hand it off to the fullback coming through and getting out to about the 35-yard line. And that's going to be
4: about it, yeah, as they just handed that one on a quick little hitter here for Vollmer. Yeah, Vollmer came through, and it almost looked like you're running that double wing stuff where you send that wing back in motion like you're going to start that belly option. And this time they give it to Vollmer, keeping him honest, really kind of trying to soften up that middle because that's where they've been able to have success is after you get something up the middle, then you attack wide or over the top. So nice play call there, and a great job by the Eagle offensive line surgeon there.
3: Took a little while to get going here, but the Overton Eagle offense is starting to show some signs of life. Penetration, but they'll hand the ball up right up the middle and charging through there is going to be Ryan Lobby, and Lobby's going to be uh, close to the uh, distance
4: necessary to get the first down. He gains about six. Yeah, it looks, like they're almost, it looks like they're signaling first down even here. So nice job by Lobby of falling forward because they hit him nice and low, but Lobby does a nice job of just making sure the legs are moving and he falls forward and picks up the first down by maybe the length of the football there. But again, the Eagles are able to move the ball through the ground, and that's what was able to set up their passing plays earlier. So nice job by this offensive line, led by number 51 there, Drake Davenport.
3: On out the signals, here is going to be Kaiser. Another hand off the lobby, who loses the football, and the Broncos
4: are going to pounce on it. Falling on that ball, I believe, is Jared Ivey. And I think it was Kellen Klingelhofer that was able to kind of come through and punch the ball loose on his tackle. Nice job there and then recognizing it. And this is kind of those dangerous situations when you got a turning point of a turnover here in this situation. What do the Eagles do to respond defensively? What do the Broncos do to attack offensively as you got a big chance of momentum swinging here after the Eagles were driving the ball on the ground?
3: Well, the last time that the Eagles left the ball on the turf and turned it over, Amherst did turn it into a touchdown. Let's see if they can do it here Unfortunately, also for the Eagles, they were moving the ball, beginning to assert themselves offensively, and they lose that momentum. So Adelon will call out the signals, gets the snap. He's rolling out to his left. Pretty good pressure being put on by Lobby. He'll run and throw it, and it's going to be complete and across midfield. And that'll be a nice little gain as they get the ball out there, I
4: believe, to Evan Palmer. Yeah, just a nice job there of rolling out when the pressure came, and that's kind of rolled to a strong side of his left hand. And was able to buy time, keep buying time, and then finally someone breaks free and you pick up about five or six yards there. Nice job by Amherst and Trevor Adelong there. So into Overton territory, Adelong
3: gets the snap, pressure coming, so he'll just kind of quarterback keep it himself, and he's going to be awfully close to the first down. And again, that's just more of a quarterback read
4: because he was not going to have time to throw. Yeah, it almost looked like he was expecting someone to come through on a jet sweep because he looked like he was going to give the handoff there. And when no one was there, he just took off up in the middle, recognizing the situation that not everybody was on the same page and picks up about four yards. They got about the length of the football here, it looks like, to pick up a first down.
3: And they will go out of the shotgun formation. Coming across in um, motion here is going to be Jones. Jones now comes back the other way, and now they'll hand it off to him. He'll have a little... uh, Stiff
4: arm, and that's not going to work because he's going to be ridden down for a loss by Caleb Moore. Yeah, Moore did a great job of sustaining that outside leverage, keeping his outside arm free, and then when Jones tries a stiff arm, just defeats it, slops it to the side, and comes underneath and shoots him for the tackle, forcing a fourth down play. Great job by Moore there. That's a loss
3: of about three on the play, so we'll call this fourth and uh, three. And now this time Adelong's going to keep it, bounces to the outside, cuts back to the inside, and that second cutback is going to be enough for the first down as he brings it across the 30-yard line. That's going to be a gain of about uh, six on the play, and that's going to move the chains, our chain gang moving the chains just like Carney Towing and Repair will do for you. If you're stranded on the side of the road, no matter where you are, they'll get you home at Carney Towing and Repair. So first and 10 from the 27 Adelong looking to his left and he's looking to throw out that way it's going to be caught by uh, by uh, Eckout and he makes one man miss runs through one tackle and is going to gain about 2
4: and that's going to be about it. Yeah, great job there by the Overton defense of being in pursuit so it's a minimal gain as Eckout did break that first tackle but then the troops got there for some rally. And a nice job there, and this is kind of why you might see some teams run the spread, is where are they attacking you? They've attacked you a couple times up the middle. Now they're going short to the outside. They've thrown a couple long. They're making you cover all of the field, and that's really tough defensively. So great job in this Amherst offense here of making you be versatile defensively.
3: And right now a little bit of confusion with the lining up here for the uh – Broncos, so they're going to call a timeout. This timeout brought to you by Nebraska Land National Bank. There's 7.38 to go here before halftime. Amherst will have it second and eight at the 25, leading
6: it 21-6 to against the Eagles. We'll be back to Amherst right after this timeout. Welcome back to the Nebraska-Land National Bank broadcast booth.
3: A reminder for you that uh, coming up uh, later tonight, of course, we'll have our Friday night scoreboard show brought to you by Rutz Heating and Air. And we'll check a few scores for you and kind of whet your appetite uh, for that as well. Broken Bow on the, at home leads Mended now 7-0. to uh, On uh, our group of stations on KICS, right now Ord at home leads Adam Central 8-7. to That game is in the second quarter and we'll check some D1 action for you here in just a few moments As the official still standing over the football not letting Amherst snap it just yet now they're all set and ready to go two wideouts to the right two to the left They bring a man in motion they're going to hand it off to Jones Jones has a lead blocker he's going to follow that up there's a couple of flags being thrown at the point of attack so this is going to come back it would be awfully close to enough for the first
4: down but they're not going to be able to keep this because dollar to donuts this is going to be a hold Yeah, you know, and uh, again, one of those jet sweeps, just kind of mixing the ball up of who's getting to touch it there for Amherst. Again, making you cover different people, different spaces, maybe putting you in spots you're not used to. But that time Overton was able to defeat some things and force a holding call there. So nice job by the Eagle defense and a good job there of mixing things up by the Amherst Broncos, because now who are you going to cover? Where are they attacking? You're still not sure. Seventh-ranked
3: Elm Creek at home, no score with Ravenna. Don't have a score reported on that yet. They're probably in the second quarter, but haven't got a score reported. That'd be a game of interest to both these two teams because both those teams are in their district. Adalong looking to throw on second and 14, and he's going to air it
4: out deep. And it's a jump ball out there, caught in the end zone. Touchdown! great job by the offensive line. Adalong had all day to set his feet, and anytime you're giving a good quarterback that much time, you're going to find the open guy, and I believe that time it was Pearson who came across the defense on a really deep post pattern, and a great ball by Adalong where Pearson kind of had the guy sealed like a post-up play and goes up and gets it, but again, a great job by the Bronco offensive line. So,
3: again going for the single point, which they've been very efficient with. Adelong will put the foot into it. And a high kick. And that one is good. 28-6. to A 22-point lead with 7.13 to go here in the second quarter for the Amherst Broncos leading Overton. And we'll be back with the kickoff here for the Broncos right after this timeout.
6: For professional service to keep your business running smoothly, call Hellman, Maine, Costler, and Coddell. Don't let your financial accounts become overtaxing. Let Hellman, Maine, Kostler, and Cottle take care of the accounting while you worry about taking care of your business. They can do it all, from a large company to small businesses. They make it a priority to do the best to help take the stress out of the numbers. Best of luck to all the area athletes in tonight's game from Hellman, Maine, Kostler, and Cottle.
3: And welcome back here to uh, Amherst after our Five Points Bank touchdown brought to you by Five Points Bank, the better bank, Ian Carney, and a great throw there by Adelong again. And let's give credit to the offensive line as well, giving Adelong time to really set up, look the field over
4: and be able to drill a, a strike there to Pearson for the touchdown. Yeah, Grant Bergstrom, Dane Bogard, and Jacob Peterson, probably not guys offensively that unless you're familiar with Amherst football, you're going to hear their names a lot. They gave Trevor Adelong all day to throw the ball. There was not an eagle within five yards of Adelong, and I don't care what level of football you play at, NFL down to little kids pee-wee football. If your offensive line gives your quarterback time, every coach is smiling, and that's exactly what the Broncos did. Great job by those three on the last play.
3: So, uh, again, with the wind at his back now, Adelung will kick it off, and it's going to be picked up at about the three-yard line. Trying to make the return out to that far side over there is going to be Lobby. Lobby cuts back against the grain, has a nice stiff arm in traffic. A couple of Broncos have an angle at him, but it's going to be a nice return as he brings it out to the 35, and really about one guy away from busting that because everybody was on the far sideline. He went from one sideline and was tackled on the other sideline nearest to us.
4: Yeah, you know, kind of one of those where they've been returning to their sideline as much as possible, Overton has, and he plants his foot and cuts clear against the grain and then had a great stiff arm there and picked up about five more yards on that stiff arm. Fourth-ranked High Plains community at number eight, Palmer. And so far,
3: it's Palmer with a 16-8 lead in Class D1 football. Under center, Kaiser, Kaiser's going to run that option. He's going to follow his back. His back now is going to be his lead blocker. He'll take it off that right side. He's going to have enough for the first down and be down at about the 30-yard line. That's a 15-yard gain for the quarterback. Yeah, just
4: kind of one of those quarterback sweeps where your fullback essentially turns into your lead blocker, and he's able to seal the edge for Kaiser and pick up a nice job. So great job by Vollmer and Thompson there, the two backs of picking up guys and really sealing the edge there to get a nice gain on first down and push the ball into the Broncos' territory here. And the Eagles have had a little more success the last few drives on the ground here, so we'll see how that pays dividends later on.
3: Well, turnovers have really hurt the Eagles, and a bad snap there. Might even be a snap infraction, but uh, it's going to be a fumble, and I think the Eagles were able to snap on it. They kind of had the uh, choir backfield look there. They had a running back on either side of the quarterback, and uh,
4: I think the center forgot uh, that the quarterback wasn't there. Yeah, it looked like he was snapping to someone traditionally under center where the Eagles have been more often instead of that shotgun set, but a great job there by the Eagles of recovering there, but it puts them behind that progression where they've had some success. So can the Broncos make that Pay for this time.
1: Pay for the Eagles.
3: It'll be first. Excuse me. Second and ten. They do run that formation, keeping it as Kaiser. Kaiser on that right side, and he's going to be pushed forward. He's going to gain maybe about five on the play, so getting about half of it. What you need on second down, you still have two
4: more downs to get the other five yards. Yeah, you know, and a great job by the Eagle line where you're kind of running that zone read or even kind of an old crossbook type look where you're faking to the running back going one way where he's got the fullback leading. And I don't know if it's a read or it's just designed play call, but Kaiser pulls it and goes the other way, gives a completely different look where you're trying to slow down that pursuit of the Broncos. Nice play call there by the Eagles. So, again, now that choir look
3: running back off of either shoulder here for Kaiser. He'll get one of them to move out of the way. That's going to be Lobby. He's shuffling across. And looking here is going to be Kaiser. Kaiser has to scramble, rolling to his right, throws it out here, and it's going to be a diving catch but out of bounds. And a great catch by Skylar Brown, but he was well out of bounds. And you don't normally see a kid as athletic and diving for the football wearing number 56 like that, as you see from him. But that
4: was a great effort, but he was out of bounds clearly. Yeah, you know, a nice job there by the Bronco defense, forcing a fourth down. The pressure is really what made Kaiser put a little more loft on that ball than he liked to because he couldn't quite set his feet. Nice job of pursuit there by the Broncos, but a great effort by Brown. Again, kind of trying to reward the guys that just strap it up every play and put their chin straps to you. Great hustle by Brown and a nice catch just out of bounds, unfortunately.
3: Two wide outs to the left, which is the wide side of the field. Kaiser throws a quick little slant, and it is incomplete. It comes out of there. They were going to be short of the first down anyway, but a diving uh, attempt there on the catch by Sam Kohanek, and that'll be a turnover on downs.
4: Yeah, kind of just trying to run that double slants off of that Twins-type set and unfortunately just not quite able to make the catch, and it'll bring up a first down for the Broncos. So 5-12
3: to go. Defense holds here for Amherst. And not a turnover per se, but rather a turnover on downs. We'll see whether or not they can capitalize on relatively good field position. Jones will come across the formation, comes across again. They fake that jet sweep right up the middle is Adalong. Adalong, he's going to be bent back after he gets across the 30-yard line, maybe gains about
4: four on the play. But he paid the price there as they laid the wood to him pretty good. Yeah, they did. They really closed. Thompson kind of got him by the ankles. Then I believe it was Kaiser kind of taking a chance to deliver a hit to the other team's quarterback there. Again, a legal hit, but Adalong, nice job securing the ball. And, again, action off of that zone read where you're proving that you can run and attack from different ways for the Broncos, nice job by the Eagles of closing that hole down quickly, though.
3: Yeah, we'll get uh, more scores for you uh, later on, but also here in class at D1. Uh, Superior at home leads Franklin 16-12. to 12. We'll check more scores for you coming up at halftime. Shotgun formation here for Adelong. He's going to air it out deep, and it is going to be incomplete. Great coverage there. And uh, the best, uh, best chance to catch the ball was uh,
4: Brendan Meyer. And Meyer laid out for it, but it falls incomplete. Yeah, great coverage there by him, and Adalong Nice ball, just didn't quite get it outside enough, so Meyer had the best coverage there, but a nice job of running with Klingelhofer as it forces a third down here, and that's kind of what the coach was talking in pregame is he thought they had the speed to cover their guys downfield if they would be able to stay with them was the big question we had, though.
3: And so far, so good for the most part. They haven't been able to connect a lot of deep passes. Adalong looking to throw, pressure coming from the backside. He's running, trying to make a man miss. He'll put his head down, trying to get the first down, and he's going to be hit back short of the first down marker there, Meyer came up there to close things off also Josh Thompson in on the tackle
4: and I believe they're going to be short by about a yard yeah you know great job of pursuit there closing it down but what do the Broncos do are they in that kind of in-between range with their offense do they attack I think we saw the punter come out but again a nice job there of pursuing there to force this fourth down
3: they're lining up in punt formation, but uh, Overton isn't necessarily buying it because they don't have anybody back, and now Along steps in under center. They're trying to go hard count, and uh, they got one of their own guys to jump off sides.
4: Yeah, kind of and, with the hard count, trying to draw the Eagles off sides, but unfortunately the count was too good that the Bronco even bid on it. So I think Hunter, nice job by the Eagles. Hunter
3: Jones, I believe, stepped in under center. They lined up in punt formation, and then one of the upbacks, Hunter Jones, went in under center trying to get Overton to jump, and now Overton will expect a uh, punt here as they'll send back Brendan Meyer, and so Jackson will be in punt formation, puts the foot into it, and it's going to be picked up by Meyer at about the 15-yard line, picks up a block, takes it out to that right side, and that's where the wall is being fought through by the Broncos. They get through there and are able to make contact with him at about the 31-32, and that's where he's going to be down. Plenty of time here for Overton. They've got a couple of timeouts left, but they trail it here 28-6 with 4.02
4: to go in the first half. Yeah, kind of a big four minutes here because if you're Overton, you like you said, plenty of time with the clock stopping on first downs. But if you can get into it, and especially if you get the two-point conversion, you've cut the lead back to two scores here, and that's a big change from being down three scores to two scores at half. And for high school and
3: you get the ball first in the second half and so they can they can make a nice little run here kaiser will keep it himself after faking a two handoffs he'll take it to the outside he breaks one tackle and is going to be forced out of bounds at the 35 yard line so that'll be a gain
4: of 13 yards and kaiser will move the chains Yeah, just a nice job. He fakes to the guy going left, fakes to the guy going right, and comes back to the right side where you got a little seam created and he's got enough speed to make it pay. Nice job by Kaiser there of following the blockers there. Picks up a big first down here, and again, just under four minutes left, and the Eagles are driving, moving the ball. Can they sustain this, or do they have that little mistake again like they did on the last drive?
3: Well, both these team, two teams have kind of suffered a little bit from shooting themselves in the foot when they've had some success, and I think Overton wants to make sure that doesn't happen here because they call another timeout. This timeout brought to you by Nebraska Land National Bank. Take timeout to find out what Nebraska Land National Bank can do for you. Local people, local decisions, local ownership. Nebraska Land National Bank member, FDIC. 3.54 to go here, second quarter. It's 28-6, Amherst with the lead. Overton has it first and 10 from the 35. We come back after this.
2: While dreams of sugar plums dance in some little heads, does your child dream of combines and cornfields instead? CHS Agri-Service Center wants to be the company that helps you make those dreams come true. Family farms are passed down from generation to generation, and CHS has prided themselves in being here in the communities, the schools, and on the farm, helping you make those dreams come true. CHS Agri-Service Center. People and resources you can count on always. And always here at chsagra.com.
3: And welcome back here to the Nebraska Land National Bank Broadcast Booth. Uh, updating another score for you: sixth-ranked Carney at home, having no problem with Fremont tonight, thirty-four to nothing over the Tigers. And we'll have coverage of Carney High for you next week, right here on Classic Hits ninety-eight point nine FM. So three fifty-four to go before halftime. Plenty of time, really. I mean, with both of these two offenses, they've looked. Uh, Uh, Pretty good at times. I think we could have a touchdown each easily. They run a little counter here on that left side, and it's working perfectly. Bouncing to the outside is Dylan Smith. Smith on a tight end reverse. Going to be down at about the 13-yard line.
4: A great play call there after the timeout there. Send Thompson in motion to the left side, fake the deep toss to him, and then Smith comes around on that tight end counter there. Nice play call, and I think that's why Coach wanted to call that timeout there. Well-designed play, and the Eagles are in the red zone.
3: So a nice little run there, and uh, that's going to be about 19. They actually spotted it at about the 16-yard line. That'll be first and 10 from the 16. Handoff and nowhere to run this time at all for Josh Thompson, and Thompson is going to be wrapped up there very nicely. One of
4: the guys there is Jared Ivey. Colin Jackson, Colin Jackson up
3: there as well, yeah.
4: Great job there of shooting gaps there and creating a little more havoc. Not sitting back, just kind of attacking more. And I think that's why Overton's went to some of these counter plays a little bit as to maybe make you sit down on your heels a little bit and read some things. So great adjustment there by the Broncos of bringing a blitz.
3: So the second and 12... Kaiser looking to throw, a little play action, steps into it, a man's wide open, touchdown, great strike there for Skylar Brown, threw that one between the five and the six at about the three-yard line,
4: and it is a five-points bank touchdown, great strike there by Kaiser. Yeah, Kaiser just set the feet and let it rip there, great timing on that, and again, like we talked about, just a different type of play, mixing things up, this time off of the play action, the, the running game set up. So a nice job, great ball by Kaiser delivering it and nice catch by Brown.
3: 309 to go here, in the second quarter. It's still plenty of time for Amherst who so has a couple of timeouts. We'll obviously talk about that when They've got hands on the ball. It's two point conversion here. Kaiser looking to throw, looking for Brown again, and that one's gonna be deflected. That was a well thrown ball. That was deflected there by Hunter Jones away. Good coverage by Jones. It was going to take a perfect pass, and it nearly was. Yeah. Two-point conversions, no good. 28-12, to 12, 3.09 to go here in the second quarter. But the uh, Eagles cut that lead down to 16. They'll kick it off to Amherst when we come back after this. And welcome back here to the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth. Three oh nine to go here before halftime. And again every time I think Overton starts to feel a little bit more comfortable uh, every time Amherst starts to feel a little bit comfortable um, uh, the, the Eagles of Overton are able to kind of cut back into this lead a little bit. And again if they can uh, put their foot in the dirt here and make a stand and not give up any more points they're well positioned to make a nice little comeback here.
4: Especially since they get the ball back after halftime like you said there Randy. But Three oh nine with an offense like Amherst, they can't let up and think that this is a time where they're going to be passive here, because in high school football, three minutes is a long time. But again, both teams kind of been able to do what they wanted to do, as they said in the pregame. Overton being able to run the ball a little bit more, Amherst spreading out a little bit. A little squib kick here by Eagles,
3: and it's going to be picked up. It's not exactly onside, but it's going to be recovered here by the Broncos. They were ready for it, and the ball is going to be spotted at about the twenty-four yard line. And I think that was uh, Derek John who fell on the ball here for the Eagles. For the Broncos, rather.
4: Yeah, kind of one of those where it looked like the kicker was trying to maybe squib it and kicks the top of the ball and see where it bounces. A good recognition there by the Broncos is securing it so there's not a disaster because if they would have given the ball up there again, the Eagles would have been in scoring position quickly.
3: Adalung looking to throw, has time, throws it, and it's going to go off the hands of his intended receiver. Good coverage there. Eckhout couldn't hold on to it because coming from behind him and slapping the ball away was Sam Kohanek.
4: Kohanek did a great job arriving there just after the ball did. And then did something that a lot of guys don't do is he went for the hands when Eckhout was trying to bring it in and punching those hands free so the ball couldn't be brought in. Great job by Kohanek there on a nice defensive play.
3: If he goes to the body, uh, Eckhout probably makes that catch. Adelong, pressure coming. Has to lob it out there, but he's got a man Jones and couldn't make the catch, but they had pressure coming immediately. He lobbed it out there, and Ryan Lobby hit him right between the one and the two and then helped him back up.
4: And Adelong just lobbed it
3: out there, and it nearly worked to perfection.
4: Yeah, if they could have had about a tenth of a second longer to be able to wait to put that ball on there. I think you might have had a big play by the Broncos there, but as it works out, it forces a third down. Great hit by Lobby right after he threw the ball, and Jones nearly was able to track it down for the Broncos.
3: Well, he's lined up at that defensive end, so he just kind of came in un, uh, unmolested and got right in on the quarterback. along this time faces pressure from the other side. He's rolling out left. He throws it in underneath, and it's going to be caught for the first down as they bring
4: it across midfield. Yeah, this time Overton comes with a blitz from Smith on the backside there of Adelung, but he rolls out to his strong side, and as Adelung rolls out, he's able to buy enough time for his guy to get across the middle and pick up the first down. Nice job of using the legs to extend the play by Trevor Adelung while keeping the eyes downfield, something that's a lot harder than a lot of people realize.
3: Jackson made the catch in traffic. Adelong looking to throw here. Looks, throws it in underneath, and Jones is going to be brought down at about the 30-yard line. That'll be a gain
4: of five. Yeah, great tackle there by Brendan Meyer there, and I think it was Klingelhoffer coming across the middle there on the kind of a little short dig route or a slant even, but a nice completion keeps them ahead of schedule. Where you get anything you want to do is open in your playbook in this situation.
3: Plenty of time here, 2:25 with that clock moving, rolling out. Here is Adelung on second and five. He lobs it deep. He's got a man out there, and it's going to be caught into the end zone for the touchdown
4: right into the three and the three of colin jackson for a 30-yard score yeah nice well-designed play there they kind of went with the trips bunch set there i ran two guys kind of on a slant and kind of a dig route where you're clearing that side and then kind of run a wheel route with a guy that looks like he's just running a quick out to the outside then turns it up the sideline and a great ball by Adalong delivering the strike that they needed. And that's exactly what we talked about, is you couldn't take your foot off the gas pedal if you are the Eagles. Now Amherst responds there, what does Overton do before half?
3: Well, they take the foot off the gas, and they put the foot on the ball here. Does Adalong, that one's uh, close to that left upright, and it is no good. Push that one just off to the left. So your score now, 34-12, to 12, a 22-point lead. For the Amherst Broncos, and time for Overton to answer back here. 218 when they get their hands on the ball. We come back after this.
11: Carney for a free estimate. And welcome
3: back here to the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth. A quick strike here for Amherst. Was it too quick? Because you've uh, given time here for the Overton Eagles. Just a friendly reminder, they stopped the clock to move the chains in both the high school and college level. And statistics do bear out that most touchdown drives in high school take less than two and a half minutes. There's two eighteen, and they still have a timeout left, does Overton?
4: Yeah, and Overton's been able to have some nice returns on their kickoffs. So between the 30 and the 40-yard line, so you're looking at no more than 45 yards basically on average of what you've been having to drive. And the way that your ground game has been attacking, it set up the passing plays. So everything's open here for the Eagles here with about 2.18 left.
3: So Adelong will kick it, and he'll try to get it in the end zone, kind of a line drive, but it's going to be picked up at about the 5 by Lobby. Lobby right up the middle. And we'll bounce it just a little bit to the left, and he's going to bring it across the 35, excuse me, the 32-yard line, and that's where they'll set up shop. And again, that one, there wasn't a whole lot of juke in there. Just uh, toward the end there, we veered off of that straight path right up the middle, and just getting what you can and getting in that uh, area as quick as possible.
4: Yeah, Lobby definitely believes that the straightest distance between any two points is a straight line, and that's exactly what he does. And at the end, he takes maybe one, two steps off that straight line, puts his head down, gets what he can. But again, they're past that 30-yard line where you're looking at less than 50 yards to go with plenty of time left here for the Eagles.
3: They're going to go with the I-formation, a couple of tight ends. That fullback's going to shuffle through, and Kaiser's rolling out to his right. We'll throw it in, and it's going to be caught in traffic and then breaking the tackle oh, nearly. Dylan Smith with a nice catch and gets out to the 10-yard line. Almost got rid of that tackler, and this would have been a huge gain as it is. It's a gain of about, well, they haven't moved the chain, so we're just going to call it 10.
4: Yeah, they're moving the chains now here, so that is 10. Adalong just able to grab the shoelace long enough for his buddies to get there and bring him down, but Smith nearly broke that with what would have been a huge gain there, but again, clock stops so we're still over two minutes and the ref signals it for it to start again here
3: they're across midfield kaiser will play action pass throws it in underneath and it's going to go through the hands of the intended receiver Toti volmer and incomplete
4: yeah in that time clock uh, about four seconds is all ran off after that last play so you've gained about 10 yards here and you've ran about 20 seconds of time counting the kickoff so again that shows you how in high school football with the clock stopping on first downs how two minutes is a long time for these guys to work and
3: that's almost exactly what we have here a minute 59 to go before we have the Ravenna Sanitation halftime report they're going to split two wide outs to the left which is the wide side of the field and they're going to put that tight end Dylan Smith off to the right side, and now moving off to the uh, right side as well is going to be Skylar Brown. And do we call a timeout because of confusion, or is there a flag? There is a flag, a legal procedure. I, I think, think when Brown did that, he was already set once, yep. and then after that was just too many m- movements there. and well, So that's going to be a five-yard penalty.
4: I think what it is is when you put your hand down in high school football, yep. you can't pick it up, and they let him do it once, but the second time they couldn't quite do it because that's giving too much of an advantage that if you cause the defensive to jump, so I think that's what the officials call and had to throw the flag there that time.
3: You can get away with that. I mean, that's legal in college, yep. but not in the high school. Kaiser, out of the uh, pistol, steps up, throws it in underneath, and uh, they make the catch over there and being pulled out of bounds is Josh Thompson. Never was tackled, but he was pulled out of bounds after a relatively short game, but it does stop the clock after a two-yard game.
4: Yeah, and Pearson did a nice job of finding them out there as they look like they're just trying to slip them out, hoping that everybody kind of missed them there, but Pearson on a beeline for him and was able to knock him out of bounds. But again, clock stops, so you got plenty of time here for your Eagles, and you can get situated with the clock stopped. You're not having to hurry up and do something maybe uncharacteristic.
3: Well, and the, the time isn't the biggest issue right now. It's the down and distance. It's third and 13 right from midfield. So Kaiser needs to find something positive here. Low snap. He has time to throw. They'll set up the screen to this left side, caught by Thompson. Thompson trying to get a lead block, and, well, doesn't get much of one because the Broncos are able to fight their way through it. That's going to be a gain of about two, and that is going to be just about it, leading the wrecking crew there with Sam Florell.
4: Yeah, Florell did a great job of recognizing the screen, and Amherst is going to call a timeout. I was just about ready to say I think they might with their explosive offense, and that's just what they'll do. They're going to preserve
3: a little bit of time here. This timeout brought to you by Nebraska Land National Bank. Minute 30 to go here before halftime, and it is 34 to 34-12. Amherst with the lead, Overton with the football, but they're facing 4th-11 from the 38-yard line, so this will be a punting situation. We'll keep a light right here, and we'll update you on a uh, few scores. We've mentioned a couple of times uh, the Class A teams from the area. Sixth-ranked Kearney right now at home with a 34-0 lead over Fremont. In Omaha North in Omaha got past number 10, Grand Island, 56 to twenty-one, Class B, one of the big matchups tonight, was 2nd uh, rank McCook traveling to 8th rank York. And right now, York leading a defensive struggle 7-3. to That game is now at halftime. On our group of stations on KHAS Radio in Seward, right now the Blue Jays have the lead over Hastings 21-7. Again, that is on KHAS Radio. And uh, one other Class B score for you in Holdridge, the Dusters with a 21-7. 21 tie now with Sydney, as the Red Raiders have tied things up here just a little bit ago. We're just about ready for the kickoff here. Don't forget our Ruts Heating and Air Friday night scoreboard show. No pressure being put on the punt. It's going to be kind of a little pooch picked up at about the 15 yard line. And Jones trying to get to a wall that never really appeared. He'll be down at about the 19 and it, they'll have a minute 21 to cover about 61 yards here for the Amherst Broncos.
4: Yeah, you know, and Kolhanick, nice job of kind of angling it so he doesn't have a real long time to get to a wall there. And kind of a nice job by Jones because if that ball bounces, that thing, you don't know where it's going to go, and that one probably pins him inside the 10-yard line.
3: So you get what you can out of that and just give yourself some uh, space so in case you do, they come with a blitz, you get sacked, it's not a safety. So yep. that's fairly important as well. No back in the backfield the hill for Adelong. He gets the snap, only a two-man rush. He's going to air the ball out deep. He's got a man, Hunter Jones. He makes the catch and is inside the 30, down to about the 25. That was a well-thrown ball. Coverage wasn't bad, but that ball was thrown nearly perfectly.
4: Yeah, again, and that's kind of that little short wheel route when you stack your twin sets close together where Jones just kind of peels right behind that other wide receiver. And Smith with, again, good coverage, just not quite able to run with him. But, again, makes the tackle, but a great ball by Adelong and a nice route by Jones to set up the first down on a big game.
3: So the ball will be spotted at the 25-yard line. So that will be a gain of uh, about 36 yards. Adelong with time to throw. Now he's going to step up,
4: throws the ball into the
3: end zone, and it's going to be incomplete.
4: Nice job trying to buy as much time as he can while keeping his eyes downfield. Good coverage by the Eagles and throws the ball. Kind of one of those unintentional, intentional groundings where you're not going to get called, but no one really in the area, so it harmlessly falls to the ground. Nice job by Adalong of avoiding the loss loss of yardage and the clock running there in that situation.
3: Well, what they often say is if there isn't somebody open, you throw it to whoever's selling popcorn in the end zone. That's about what they did there. Adalong steps up here. Through a four-man rush now, and he'll throw it out to that right side, and that one he'll throw at the feet of his intended receiver and out of bounds. No risk of that being caught, but it was a legal intentional grounding and another nice decision
4: even though the ball falls incomplete. Yeah, and a great job by Boger. They're recognizing the blitz from lobby coming from the outside their rush, kind of that outside linebacker spot in that situation. Comes off the inside path that he was looking and picks up the block, and that's what allowed Adalong to get to the outside to even Eagle. have the incomplete pass. So and nice the Eagles have done a Boger. nice
3: job of changing yep. their rush as well. They brought two. This time they brought four, and they'll see what they do here. They keep a couple guys in there for protection. Adelong who steps back, and has thrown a little one-on-one coverage there, and it's going to be caught by out in the end zone. Touchdown. He won the jump ball in the end zone.
4: And that's a situation where you've had a guy that's been out for about four weeks now showing why he's been such a big part of this offense. And if you've known Amherst, you've known the name out, and that's exactly what happened there. And Adalong had no one else he was looking for. It was just one on one. I'm going to catch the ball, take about two steps, and throw it to my my guy and hold neck out. And Holden does a great job of going up for the ball for a big touchdown there. And quickly, how momentum changed from being 28 to 12 to now 40 to 12 with the extra point pending.
3: Adalung's kick is up and it is good. And you uh, called it. It was 40 to 12. Now it's 41 to 12. With 56 seconds to go here before halftime, a nice 29-point lead here for Amherst. And we'll see what Overton does with it. They'll have a little bit of time, but only one timeout. We come back to Amherst right after this timeout.
6: And a great
3: pass from uh, Trevor Adelung to hold the neck out for a five points bank touchdown. All of our touchdowns to the course of the year brought to you by five points bank and Carney, the better bank. And uh, that was a well-thrown ball. And again... They altered, did Overton, how they were pressuring the quarterback. So to make sure that they had mass protection, they kept a couple of running backs in there. Really only had two guys, one underneath, and then the deep pass, and they looked out for Eckhout, and Eckhout won the jump ball in the end zone off of good coverage, and it's good for a touchdown. Ball going to bounce about the 10-yard line off the hop. Picking it up here is going to be Lobby. Lobby runs right through the middle, trying to bounce it to the outside to his left, but that was shut off, so he just goes right up the middle, and he'll be down there.
4: Yeah, you know, that's the best uh, kick coverage by the Broncos as they were able to pin him inside the 20. And that one's kind of a deal where the ball bounced and kind of just throws off the timing of everything. But a nice job of coverage there. And Lobby, nice job of securing the ball and just getting what you can because sometimes you try to make something big happen right before half, and he knew that's when turnovers can happen. So nice job by the Eagles of securing the ball and kind of having that option of what are you going to try, maybe one one play and then get to half or see what they do.
3: Well, I think they'll just try a running play here, and if they get something big, then they'll get greedy. They'll pitch it out to the outside. A couple of lead blockers out there for Josh Thompson. Thompson trying to get the edge is going to go out of bounds, and he's only going to gain about uh, three yards on the play, if that.
4: Yeah, you know, just nice job stringing it out. It looked like Klingelhofer, and number 10, uh, Sam Florell, just kind of kept fighting off blocks, stringing it out. And when Thompson finally tried to get north and south, There's nowhere to go, and he's bumped out of bounds for a minimal gain. But a nice job by the Broncos at the point of attack of stringing that out on that toss.
3: We'll call that a gain of two. It does stop the clock here with 43 seconds left. And again, out of that eye formation, Thompson will be in the eye. Kaiser will hand the ball off to the fullback. No, he takes it out of the fullback's belly, runs the option. And I think he pitched it out to Thompson on that left side. And Thompson's going to end up uh, gaining about two. And again, talk about an option attack. The fullback had the ball in his belly. Quarterback looked like he was going to run it, and he pitched it at the last moment, and it ends up being a gain of two. That tells you Amherst stayed true to their reads and uh, did what they were supposed to do, and it still ended up being an okay offensive play.
4: Yeah, you know, in, uh, anytime you face an option attack team or option plays, if you don't do your assignment, you try to do someone else's, that's when you give up the big play. So a great job by the Broncos of just stringing that out and, living to fight the next down.
3: two seconds left when they make the snap and they're just going to hand the ball up right up the middle and running with the ball is tony volmer and volmer is going to be pulled down after a gain of about uh, seven or eight on the play and that's going to do it triple zeros on the scoreboard and the home team heading to their end zone with a 41 to 12 lead over overton we'll be back to amherst with the ravenna sanitation halftime report right after this timeout.
2: Aurora Cooperative is setting a new pace for agriculture by creating a soybean premium program. To qualify, producers must use an aerial application of fungicide plus insecticide and deliver the soybeans to an Aurora Cooperative grain location. Aurora Cooperative's real farm research confirms up to a six bushel per acre yield increase. Plus, now you can get the added soy premium bonus on top of the extra bushels. Contact your local agronomy representative for details. Your farm, your cooperative, your future. Aurora Cooperative, putting your
3: And welcome back here to the Ravenna Sanitation Halftime Report. Ravenna Sanitation says your trash is our treasure, serving Buffalo County for business or residential service. Ravenna Sanitation is your trash collection connection. Find us. In your local Yellow Pages, we are at halftime here, where Amherst has a 41 to 12 lead, and it kind of appeared that things were going to be uh, fairly easy for them to start the game. They marched down the field the first two times they had their hands on the ball, built a 14 nothing lead, uh, and then eventually uh, Overton kind of got things uh, going after they fell behind 21 to nothing. Had a couple of touchdowns, but then a couple of late touchdowns by Amherst makes this uncomfortable again as we've got a 29-point game heading into halftime. Randy Bushcutter and Scott Carlin and, and uh, Coach, uh, you know, for, for Overton, you're, you're not out of it, but you're, you're going to have to make something happen here pretty quick.
4: Yeah, you know, in that last four minutes, it was kind of was a swing in momentum. It was uh, about a 16-point game there, 28-12, I think, with about four minutes left. And then Amherst goes and scores two straight, showing their quick strike capabilities. And just how quickly that momentum can swing because we kept talking about if Overton can get a stop and maybe chip away at it, they get the ball to start the half. But Amherst, nice job of realizing the opportunity they had and pushes it out to where if Overton doesn't tweak some things, this thing could get away from them quickly. But Overton was able to build some things when they were able to stay ahead of schedule and running the ball. That set up their play-action pass. They were able to mix things up with the option, running those tosses and things like that to Thompson, the dives to, Vol- dives to Vollmer, then letting Kaiser fake those things and carry it around the outside. And then when you didn't know it, he was throwing strikes to either Dylan Smith or Skylar Brown. So if Overton can stay on schedule, they've had success. When they've had the penalty or the drop ball, even if they've recovered it, that's putting them behind the chains, and that's when they haven't been as comfortable. For Amherst, it's all been about their tempo. If they've been able to keep things spread out and on schedule, on tempo, they've looked very explosive. When they've kind of been bogged down and trying to play two, three-yard gains at a time, that's when Overton's defense had success. And again, if you're Amherst, you got to think ball security is going to be huge to start the second half.
3: Well, so far, it's been a great uh, night passing here for Amherst. Let's give you some of the numbers that we have for you. don't have them all totaled up yet. But Trevor Adelung so far, 14 of 24 in the air for 236 yards. And I have to go through here. that He has uh, a rushing touchdown and has one, two, let's see, one, two, three, four touchdown passes uh, in the game. So he's accounted for every touchdown one way or another. Uh, either uh, putting the ball in the air for somebody or running it himself and it's 41-12 to 12 here at uh, halftime, but again uh, Adelong is 14-24 uh, to 24 for 236 yards holding the neck out, has got the ball six times for 66 yards and uh, has a couple of touchdowns in there for uh, Overton, uh, leading the way is uh, Brendan Kaiser uh, Kaiser has carried the ball uh, seven times for 32 yards, Josh Thompson uh eight carries for also 32 yards Ryan Lobby a couple of carries for eight and Dylan Smith has one carry for 19 yards Tony volmer two carries for four yards here in the first half for Amherst uh running the football have not had a tremendous amount of success but the 22 uh, yard touchdown pa- t- touchdown run by uh Adelung but uh, some of those yards are being erased uh, because of uh, a sack and uh fumble that it had to had to fall on haven't totaled up all those numbers here but um Uh, Amherst doing most of the damage as expected in the air. Again, 236 yards passing here for Trevor Adelong, and we'll total up some more numbers for you. Let's give you our scoring summary that we have for you so far here in the game. As we mentioned, the first two drives turned in the touchdowns for the Amherst Broncos. Adelong cashed in on a 22-yard run to make it seven to nothing with 10:32 to go in quarter number one. After a fumble gave them a short field, Hunter Jones goes in for the touchdown. That was the one touchdown he didn't uh, have something to do with. Jones came in from six yards out. Extra point was good. That made it 14 to nothing. And then with a minute 24 to go in the first quarter, Adelong connected with Holden out on a 16-yard pass. That made it 21 to nothing when Adelong added the extra point. But then. Very next drive, only took a couple of plays for Josh Thompson to cash in for the Eagles. He ran in from an 18-yard run. That made it then 21-6 to as the try for two was no good. Took a couple more drives, but Amherst uh, eventually got back in the board with 7.13 to go in the second quarter. along this time hit Chase Pearson on a 31-yard pass. Extra point good, 21-6 to at that point. Overton answers right back. Braden... Kaiser connected with Skylar Brown on a 16 yard pass. That made it 28 to 12 as they go for two and didn't make it. Ensuing drive only took uh, about uh, a minute and a half, but Trevor Adlong hit Colin Jackson on a 30 yard pass. Extra point was no good. Thirty-four to twelve at that point, and then right before halftime, Adelung hit a hold the neck out on a twenty-five yard pass, and it's forty-one to nothing here at. Excuse me, forty-one to twelve here at halftime as the uh, hometown, the homecoming crowd for Amherst, very happy here with a twenty-nine point lead here at intermission.
4: Yeah, you know, and Amherst doing exactly what they wanted. They were able to spread the ball out, get a lot of people involved. You mentioned it in the first half of how many different people had touched the ball. And now I know that rushing stat for Amherst is maybe not quite what they're wanting, but they've thrown probably four or five little quick swing passes that a lot of places those would be sweeps. But when you're running out of that four wide receiver set, those swing passes turn into your sweeps. So they go down as passing yards, but kind of that extension of the run game to buy some things for over 10 You've got to hang your hat on the fact that if you're able to stay ahead of the clock or ahead of the ball game with your sticks and your ground management, that is when you've had success. That is when you have the opportunity to do some things. So in the first part of the second half, what is going to be the changes Overton makes? Can they establish a running game like they could on their scoring drives, which set up their play-action pass? Or are they going to have to try to spread things out and do things that's maybe a little more uncharacteristic for them? The other thing, that if you're Amherst, can't, what's your ball security like? Are you going to keep holding that out, out there? Because as we said, this is his first game back from that ankle injury, and – he doesn't look like he's playing, or he hasn't been playing both sides of the ball, so if you take this opportunity, say we're up, we're going to give him an extra half a rest, or do you figure, we've had enough time without holding that out, and yes, he's a big play wide receiver, we got to get him going back up for our district run, because if Amherst keeps playing like they have this first half down this second half of the regular season, they're going to be a very tough out in districts. Overton's look very good running the ball at times, though, so we'll see if the stats reflect that a little bit.
3: And uh, Let's give you some more of those numbers. Uh, rushing the ball for Overton, nine rushes for 33 yards for Josh Thompson. Kaiser seven rushes for 32. Tony Volmer four uh, excuse me two carries for four yards. Ryan Lobby has a couple of carries for eight yards, and Dylan Smith has one carry for 19 yards. 90 yards rushing here in the first half for Overton, and uh, that goes with 71 yards passing. So 161 yards of total offense for Overton in the first half, and they trail now 41-12 to at intermission. We mentioned Adelung throwing the ball, 236 yards, 14 of 24 in the air, no interceptions, uh, rushing the ball. He's also a leading rusher for the Broncos. He's carried the ball 11 times for 76 yards. Hunter Jones has five carries for 16 yards. Colin Jackson has a couple of carries for a negative three. Riley Thompson had one carry for 25 yards. So 114 yards rushing here in the first half for Amherst. 114. To go with uh, 236. So we're looking at 350 yards of total offense here in the first half. That's one reason why Amherst has a 41-12 to lead at halftime here over the Overton Eagles. We're going to take a quick break here on the Ravenna Sanitation Halftime Report. We'll take a look at uh, scores from around the area. We'll do that as we come back to Amherst right after this.
5: Bring your family to Buzz's Marine and Carney, where we create family memories that last a lifetime. Whether you are looking for a new or pre-owned sport boat, pontoon, deck boat, or fishing boat, we have over 200 boats to choose from. Check out our fully stocked pro shop for everything your family needs to have fun on the water. From wakeboards to life jackets to the season's hottest tubes, we have something for everyone. With 59 years of trust, discover why we are the home of family boating. Buzz's
10: Marine, South Central Avenue, Kearney.
3: And welcome back here to the Ravenna Sanitation Halftime Report. Let's get you updated from across the area on our scores. and We'll begin in Class A. We're Kearney at home, 34-0 over Fremont. They're in the third quarter. Omaha North defended their top rank, ranking in the state by getting past 10th-ranked uh, Grand Island. It is a final 56 56- to 21 in Class B, and on our group of stations, KHAS Radio. Right now, it's Seward at home, leading Hastings 21 to seven. Again, that's in the third quarter. Also in the third quarter, eighth-ranked uh, York has now a 14. 14- To three lead over second ranked McCook in the class B matchup of the night. Sydney in Holdridge has tied things up with the Dusters. They're deadlocked 21 all in the second quarter at last report. Seventh ranked Aurora with a 13 0 lead in Garing. That game was in the first quarter out west. Grand Island Northwest is at number five Scotts Bluff. No report on that game, which got a later start. Uh, In Alliance, Lexington looking for points as they trail the Bulldogs six to nothing. In class C1, Eighth ranked Carney Catholic has a running clock against Kozad in the third quarter on KXPN radio as the eighth ranked stars have a 46 to nothing lead over the Haymakers. Uh, elsewhere, it's uh, Central Catholic leading in Ord, twenty-one to fifteen. That game is in the third quarter on KICS radio. At halftime, Fairbury leads Lincoln Christian twenty-one to nothing. Also at the break, Midland being shut out in Broken Bow, seventeen to nothing. Number ten, Columbus Scotus with a fourteen—excuse me—a ten to nothing lead at Grand Island Central Catholic. Boone Central Newman Grove is trailing at Columbus Lakeview. 14-7 at halftime. It is a final as the Swedes get past Shadron, 35-20. to That is a final. In Class C2, Arcadia Loop City is trailing St. Paul in um, Loop City, 23-7 at halftime. In the fourth quarter, St. Cecilia with a 40 to nothing lead over Wood River in a running clock in that fourth quarter. Second-ranked Sutton with a 21-6 lead at Shelby Rising City. At halftime, Central City is leading Centura, 21-0 at the break. Fillmore Central, no points, but Central has a 41-0 lead as that game is in the second quarter. Southern Valley is trailing Gibbon. Gibbon on the road with a 7-6 lead. In the, the first quarter at last report, Donovan Trummel getting the offense going. They lead 52 to nothing at Sandy Creek in the third. No report yet between Wilbur Claytoni and Humboldt Table Rock Steener. Elsewhere in class D1, it's Nebraska Lutheran uh, leading at, uh, excuse me, trailing at Nebraska Christian. Christian with a 18 to 6 lead at halftime. Right here, it's Amherst with a 41 to 12 lead over Overton. Elsewhere at halftime, Heartland 52 nothing over McCool Junction, Cambridge trailing Bertrand in Cambridge 22 to 20. That is our halftime score. In the second quarter, it's Superior with a 16 to 12 lead over Franklin. Also at halftime, number eight Palmer is leading number four High Plains Community 42 to eight again. That's at halftime. No report yet between Ravenna and Elm Creek, a game that obviously has a lot of interest for these two other teams. They're in the same district as those two, those two teams. Elsewhere in Class D2, it's uh, Pleasanton leading at Central Valley, 30 to nothing at halftime. Friend in the third quarter has a 26-20 lead over Exeter Milligan at home. Number 9, Loomis in a tough battle with Eustace Farnum. The Wolves right now with a 16-12 lead. That game is at halftime. Also at halftime, number 8, Bruning Davenport-Shickley with a 44-0 lead over Pawnee City. Uh, Stapleton being shut out at home by Anselmo Myrna, 24 to nothing. Also at halftime, second-ranked Lawrence Nelson with a two-point lead over unranked Giltner in Giltner. It is 16 to 14. The Hornets are always tough at home. Fourteen, a two-point game there. It is a final, number five, Blue Hill, 46 to 6 win over Axtell, and a sixth ranked Twin Loop with a 48 to 12 win at Sumner Eddyville Miller. And in six man action, Spaulding Academy over Heartland Lutheran, 50 to 44, Elwood over Maywood Hay Center, 46 to 14. Those are both finals, and also a final, Silver Lake with the win over McPherson County, 81 to 46, the final. In that one, you just got to love those eight man scores, those six man scores. Yep. We're at halftime here in the Ravenna Sanitation halftime report 41 to 12, a 29 point lead at the break here for Amherst. They'll kick the ball off to the, uh, the the Eagles of Overton and we'll wrap up the Ravenna Sanitation halftime report. We come back to Amherst right after this.
11: Anderson Brothers can rewire your entire house or just add a handy outlet, we can fix an annoying drip or install a whole new kitchen and bath. We can change your furnace filter or convert your entire home to geothermal heat. After all, our name says it all. Anderson Brothers, electric, plumbing, and heating. Turn to the experts at Anderson Brothers, neighbors serving your neighborhood for over 65 years. 308-236-9951. Thanks, girl. 24-hour towing, certified repair, no matter why, no matter where. 308-236-9951. Lock it in, Carney Towing and Repair.
3: Welcome back here to the Ravenna Sanitation halftime report. Ravenna Sanitation says your trash is our treasure serving Buffalo County for business or residential service. Ravenna Sanitation is your trash collection connection. Find us in your local yellow pages. And Amherst will be kicking off to Overton here in about another minute or so. And at that point, Overton has got to find some way to get some success. If they don't score their first drive, they're going to have to move the ball, start winning the battlefield position, and then shut them down because you don't want to run the risk of running out of time here and having that running clock. And down by 29, another touchdown,
4: that's exactly what will happen. Yeah, I you know, and especially since Overton's most success has been on running the ball or play action passes, which generally eats up a little bit more time than maybe Amherst's quick strike offense, where they've had eight, 10 guys touch the ball in the first half. And I'm not talking about just the occasional, oh, so-and-so down for the play. They've targeted that many different guys with either carries of the ball several times or pass routes directly for those guys, and that makes them tough. But Overton, as you said, very key first drive, and they have had success moving the ball as long as they've been able to stay on schedule or ahead of it, You know, pick up four yards a time, that's when they've had success. Then they were able to pick up a couple big plays, but as soon as they have that bad snap or a penalty, that's when they've been really hurt. Well, we've seen both of what we talked about. We talked
3: about how both of these two teams really have a, a chance of winning the district. And you know, Elm Creek is, is the favorite in the yep. district, yes. Uh, but... I think both of these two teams get hot. They can play with them if they don't make mistakes. But that is the other element that we've kind of heard from both coaching staffs is we've kind of had some inopportune mistakes along the way and kind of shot ourselves in the foot. So you've seen the promise both of these two teams have had, and you also have seen the problems that they've run into in terms of making those mistakes. But now it's the real season. You know, we kind of had that preseason before you get into the district action and now cleaning things up, and so far Amherst has done a better job of cleaning it up. Overton, they're not out of this but they they probably need to score on this
4: drive. They need to start building some momentum. Yeah, and maybe that goes back to a little bit of the experience. Yes, Amherst guys haven't been playing as much, but they're still juniors and seniors, a lot of them, compared to that freshman-sophomore group.
3: Adelung will kick it off here. It hits the turf, and it goes through the hands. The ball is uh, loose. Lobby trying to pick it up finally does, and he runs through Smith's tackle and gets it out down the sideline, and it's going to be out of bounds at about the 22-yard line. Could have been disastrous, but uh, a nice job there of picking up the ball after it went through his uh, the, the, the wickets there for Ryan Lobby.
4: Yeah, yeah, you know, and Amherst looks like they've changed some things up on their kicking game, maybe not trying to kick it to the end zone every time, but maybe trying to kick it a little shorter and letting the ball bounce because that's given their guys a better chance and they've had a better kick coverage the last few times since they've made that little adjustment there. So nice job by the Amherst coaching staff of just tweaking something slightly to give yourself – give yourselves a little bit better chance. And the
3: wind has died down just a little bit, but that wind was still in Adalong's face. Kaiser looking to throw here. No play action, just a straight drop back. Pressure comes now, and I think that pass is deflected. There's a flag down, and it was intercepted for a moment and then dropped.
4: Yeah, and I think you might even have offensive pass interference there. The receiver trying to get out on his break just ran over the guy. So it's either probably going to be a holding or offensive pass interference would be my guess, but these officials are a lot smarter than me.
3: Well, I wonder what that deflected, I always thought when a pass was deflected at the line, there was no such thing as pass interference.
4: And I think they but they that, threw
3: the flag before the ball was released, and, I think and that, that may have a lot to do with it.
4: Yeah, they called that defensive holding there in that situation. Oh, defensive where, holding, you yep, can call that any time, yeah. Where it looked like the guy had the jersey, and that would have explained why the receiver looked like he ran over the guy—is because, well, he had to to try to break free because of the holding there. So... Uh, Referee's Johnny on the spot. Nice job by the guys in the stripes there. That they've, they've
3: had a nice game. Pitch yep. out to uh, the running back on that, uh, the I formation. Coming across there is going to be Thompson. Thompson breaks one tackle, gets it clear out to the right side. Ran a long way to get about uh, 12 yards.
4: Yeah, you know, and they almost start off just like a simple toss right, but it looks like it's almost that Marcus Allen or Bo Jackson cutback where they're designing it to follow the quarterback back to the other side of the field, and he just plants his feet and cuts back, and you have that pursuit that they've really been able to catch Amherst over pursuing a couple times there.
3: They bring it across midfield. It'll be first and 10 from the 37. First drive of the second half here, starting off well for the Eagles. Kaiser looking to throw after a little play action. He'll throw it off in that left area, and he overthrows the intended receiver, and it's going to be intercepted.
4: Yeah, Adalong coming over from his defensive back spot, reads it well and gets in front of the receiver, Smith there. And not a bad pass, just Adelong with a great defensive play, and that's exactly what Overton couldn't have as it gives the ball back right to the Broncos here as they were driving the ball again. And we kind of said that a few times, it feels like, this game. But, again, nice play by Adalong. Adelong, Adelong it, it seems almost uh, in backwards here. Adelong had a step on the receiver, uh,
3: actually downfield, and was able to outrun him to the ball. So a promising drive for Overton ends with a turnover. They've turned the ball over twice so far tonight. Amherst has turned both of those into touchdowns. And we'll see if history repeats itself for a third time here for the Broncos. Their first possession of the second half, leading at 41-12. Long is just going to hand the ball off right up the middle and keeping a, a hand down to stay off the turf and just kind of uh, carrying the guy with him is uh, going to be the uh, running back coming right through there. So I think Pearson. that. Yeah, I think it
4: was Pearson. Pearson doing a nice job of just kind of keeping his balance, using that offhand to keep there. And then did something a little there as he made sure he rolled that ball to the middle of his chest. As when he got that defender on the back, sometimes it's easier if your hand's coming down to put the ball out a little wider. And more nice job of hog tying him down there.
3: That was Caleb Moore on his back for a little ride here. And this time they hand it off, and immediately Josh Thompson is there for the tackle. They're going to lose about half a width of what they
4: gained on the previous play, and it's going to be third and long. Yeah, you know, just nice job by the Overton Eagles there, kind of on a quote-unquote run blitz there and really putting the pressure on here on another third down because I think Amherst would really like to establish a little bit more consistent of a running game, maybe to move the clock a little bit. But again, nice job by Overton of shooting gaps and creating some havoc back there. Well, we have a weird angle here, and
3: with that, I thought he actually lost uh, about uh, two yards, turned out to be no loss at all. Running backs on either side of Adelong here. Adelong looking to throw. Throws off on that right side. Going to be caught by Eckhard. He has to cross the 30 to about the 32. That's a gain
4: of eight, and they're going to move the chains. I think that was Klingelhofer that ran kind of that little digger or out yep, route he there. Yeah, was. And nice job because it kind of sold that same thing that they 'd just scored on the touchdown with right before half where they put two guys in the backfield to make sure it's mass, max protect, so you get that rece- defensive back and back pedal mode, and then he just breaks to the sideline with a great ball by Adalong, a nice timing route it looked like there. So third and long, they
3: move the chains by throwing it to that outside route in about the same height as Kalen Klingeloffer yep. for, for Eckout, and uh, they just try to get the, turn the corner over there on the
4: run, running play, and they'll gain about one yard on the play, and that's going to be about it. Yeah, you know, just kind of running that uh, quarterback sweep type look where Adelong just catches the ball and takes off to that right side there. Nice job by the Eagles of not really giving them a gap. And Ek- or Adelong tries to slip through there, but not really anywhere to go. But again, good job by the Eagles of maintaining their leverage and their gap responsibility.
3: About a yard and a half gain there. We're going to call this second and eight. Nine and a half to go. Third quarter, 41 to 12. Adelong will step in under center, has the eye formation behind him. Don't see this a lot from the Broncos. And they'll hand the ball off to that eye back, to that outside, trying to bounce it out there. I believe that was Jones in the eye. And it's going to set up now third and about
4: five. Yeah, you know, just kind of running that ISO play there a little bit. Again, just a different look, making you, if you're scouting this or you're playing against them, adjust your defenses. How are you going to play? What are they coming out on? Because the other thing that they do, is they're not swapping out mass substitutions to switch these formations. So, again, nice job by the Amherst coaching staff.
3: Again, they go out of the eye. Pitch out here to the running back. And a nice little stiff arm. And going to be enough for the uh, first down uh, marking here because a uh, good stiff arm there by Sam Florell. And Florell will bring it across the 40 down to about the 34. So that will be a nice little
4: 8-yard run there for Florell. And kind of a... I guess prototypical eight-man play there where Adelong actually pitches the ball and then gets a block on the play side. You had Pearson kind of kicking the guy out, and before you know it, you're getting two guys blocking when it looks like there would only be one there in a traditional set there. So nice job by Amherst there on the toss.
3: Florell will be in the eye again. Moved a little bit, got away with it. Nope, now they throw the flag. Yep.
4: I think they almost hesitated there, but again, he just took that half step forward.
3: Uh, they didn't really move the feet so yeah. much, but he just he was set, and then he moved, and
4: upper body forward lean, yeah. I guess. Yeah, a little, a little
3: lean there. Yeah. Yep. So, well, they got rules against that sort of thing. It'll yeah. be first and 15.
4: Slow guys like me always dislike those rules because I needed as many <laughs> head starts as I could get. But, Canada,
3: that's where you want to play yeah, your football, Canada. <laughs> so first and 15 from the 34. Again, I formation. Florel will be in the eye. Two tight ends. They fake the handoff. Pressure's coming on the backside, but they air it out, and it's going to be incomplete trying to connect with Pearson out there, as Pearson really was the only man out on that side, had offer here, but one one pattern was 25 yards
4: and the other one was about 17. Yeah, you know, kind of looked like a little mix-up there, but again, maybe something to back that over some defense up so you can kind of continue your running game. But again, kind of just one of those where it looked like there was mix-up. They're trying to run crossing routes from the tight ends, just different levels than Trevor Adelong kind of thought they would be at.
3: Colin Jackson, I believe, is bringing in the play from head coach Ron Evans as he comes into the huddle. And again, in that uh, I formation is going to be Florel. They fake the handoff to him. He stays in to protect. Adelong throws it left side, trying to connect with Klingelhoffer, and it's going to be slapped away from him. Nice job there defensively.
4: But Meyer, but, I believe. Yeah, by Brendan Meyer. And he really attacked that ball there. Instead of waiting for it to come down where the taller Klingelhoffer could go get it, Meyer went up and attacked it and tried to punch the ball away before it could get and to And timed it out well. He did.
3: It you know, he didn't climb his back. That was, that was well done by Meyer. So it's going to set up now third and 15. Again, they were rolling along pretty good until they had the illegal procedure penalty and kind of put them behind the chains. But, again, this is a passing offense. And on third and 15, this certainly is – They got a lot of plays in the playbook for this. But they've been going with this uh, two-tight end I formation quite a bit this second half, and they throw a flag as delay a game. And I'm telling you what, they couldn't have been uh, late by more than a half second.
4: No, and that's one of those that I think a lot of times you might see the referee kind of keep a hold of the flag. He had already reached for it decided it was after the 25 seconds, so he's well within his right. But, again, like you said, Ray, well, that he could was, have been more than half a second to even the count out.
3: They kind of moved that hand out there from their yep. chest. And I'm telling you, that hand was still moving out when he was yep. reaching for the flag. So it's going to be now third and 20, same formation out of the eye. And now there's a little bit of movement on the defensive line. They get to do that. That, uh, that lineman doesn't get to do that for Overton. So they've had three five-yard penalties on this series alone. And that's why they're facing now third and
4: 25. They're heading the wrong direction. Yeah, you know, and that, that really kills you. And, again, kind of like we talked about before, if you can stay ahead of schedule, you're okay. But as soon as you get behind your schedule there, that's when you have troubles, and that's exactly what Amherst has done on this set, set of downs.
3: Well, third time's a charm. This will be the third time they're trying to run a play, and this time they do get the snap. Off. Pressure's coming. Adalong scrambles out to that right side. He's looking to throw. Throws it in underneath, and it's going to be incomplete trying to get it to his running back uh, Jones and uh, having that be incomplete just as well. Yeah, he wasn't going to get a whole lot out of that.
4: Adelong tried to channel his inner Brett Favre and forward pitched it, kind of like that little shovel pass after scrambling, but just out of Jones's reach. But, again, nice job by Overton of creating some pressure on an uh, obvious passing situation there. And Adelong did a nice job of not eating the ball there and taking a sack there without turning it over.
3: Back deep here is going to be Brendan Meyer. High kick. Meyer's going to let it hit the turf, and it's going to take a uh, Amherst uh, bounce and be down at about the 15-yard line. So that is a nice job of punting there by Colin
4: Jackson. Yeah, kind of the one of those where we talked about it being end-over-end where Meyer had fielded a couple of those. That time he couldn't quite get there. Takes the Amherst bounce and pins Amherst, or Overton back deep. Again, but Amherst, successful in the sense on their last drive, they were able to work off about four minutes of possession there between the two first possessions with no score and pinned Overton back deep. But from Overton's perspective, uh, yep. they,
3: they don't give up any points and uh, they just kind of starting all over yep. here. Uh, they'll have it first and 10 from the 15. They lost about four minutes of playing time here and they've got to get some points on the board down by 29. 41 to 12 was their score. Kaiser. One running back behind him, and they're going to have two lead blockers for him as he's going to have that quarterback keeper tries to cut it back to the inside, and he's going to get uh, the ball out to about the 20-yard line, so that'll be a gain of about five.
4: Yeah, you know, kind of just running that quarterback sweep where you put the guy in motion where it looks like you might run ISO, and then Kaiser just takes a shotgun snap and sprints out to that side. Once he finds a little hole, he just turns north and south. Good job because you're staying ahead of the chains there. Nice job by, I believe it was number 20 there, Tony Vollmer, of kind of leading the way as well as Thompson so Kaiser could find that scene. And again, those running backs are unselfish.
3: They don't mind blocking for each other. They don't mind blocking for their quarterback. First, excuse me, second and five after a uh, five-yard gain on first down. Again, have that, that pistol formation. This time, they will hand the ball off, and Volmer comes right up the middle. Has enough for the first down. Still fighting, trying to get to the thirty-yard line. He's going to gain about nine. The last about four of those are on his own. But Tony Volmer running like a man possessed on that one.
4: Yeah, and he really ran behind Skylar Brown, Peyton Groh, and Derek da- or uh, Mr. Da- Drake Davenport there, and those guys we haven't really. Given them the accolades they've deserved because they opened up a nice hole in that one. So they could just run straight up the middle there. And that's exactly what the linemen like to do is just lean on you and open up a nice hole. So great job by the Eagle line.
3: Well, offensive linemen just love it when you can run the football right behind them. A little hand off uh, on a little cross buck action bouncing out to the outside is going to be lobby lobby is going to gain about 10, maybe 11. I think he's got, enough. no, they, <laughs> the guy over there with the play coming, and yep. drop the sticks and, Kind of gave up me the wrong impression where the stick was.
4: It's only a gain of about eight. Yeah, you know, that Self-preservation
3: is important, too. And yeah,
4: that time, I think it was Chevy Davenport that kind of sealed the edge there for Lobby. So, again, another lineman just kind of creating that hole there, and they're staying ahead of the chains. This is what Overton needed to do. This is what they wanted to do, and they're doing a great job on this drive of just staying ahead of schedule. Gain of
3: eight as they went over toward that uh, first down marker there. So it'll be second and two. Kaiser with the snap. Kaiser's going to keep it, and... We'll cut back to the inside. He'll be hogtied after he gains about five or six, and he'll move the chains.
4: Kind of just faked that one again, ran right to that left side there. Following again, big number 44, Peyton Grote, and 34, Chevy Davenport. Great job by those guys because you're given time to give those fakes and then still running north and south with a nice hole.
3: And he reads is what he does. After those guys come, he's looking, okay, where's the hole? Because he's got two different running backs going in two different areas, and who was able to make the bigger block, that's the hole he's going to run to. So gain of six on the play, be first and ten from the thirty-seven. Kaiser, low snap, looking to throw, pressure coming, steps up, pass is going to be complete to Lobby. Lobby on that right side. They hop on his back, and he has a nice little gain on that right wing here. We'll see where they unstack it. That's going to be – he's going to be short of the first down marker, but not short by a whole lot.
4: Yeah, you know, and Kaiser did a great job. And get him him wrong again. They gained 11 and Kaiser did a great job because he got popped right after he threw it and you could tell that his linemen did everything they could there and they were all helping him up but knowing you're going to get hit and still delivering a good ball that's exactly what Kaiser did nice job by the Eagles to pick up a first down
3: they wind the clock after stopping it for the first down so there's 535 to go here third quarter 41-12 is our score Overton trailing has the ball they hand it off to Lobby and Lobby's got nowhere to go
4: yeah the uh, Klingelhoffer, the first one there, they're stacked everything up and shot through that gap there. That time, the defensive line was able to win the battle at the point of attack, something they haven't done on this drive. So we'll see what the Eagles can do. But a nice job by Klingelhoffer of using his hands to shed the blocker and really get inside and create that pile up for the rest of the Broncos to get there.
3: That was a nice little uh, run blitz, is yep. what that was, and. There were just too many guys at the point of attack for the lineman to block here for the Eagles. Spending some time in the huddle here on 2nd and 12 from the 28. But they've got time to get the uh, playoff. And there's a little bit of movement up there. And now they're going to throw the flag. One of the running backs moved a little bit prematurely. If he would have just gone in motion, he'd been okay. But that wasn't was the plan. He was trying to head right up the field. He basically had forgotten the count. So that's going to cost him 5 yards. And now it's 2nd and seventeen.
4: And this is where Overton in the first half had troubles is that one little penalty after successfully moving it. What can they do to turn the tide on this drive? Again, they were able to stay ahead and really pick up six, eight, nine yards a run. Now they're going to need to pick up those eight and nine yard runs on this drive to sustain this one here.
3: And again, the clock is beginning to be a factor. They're down by 29. That was always a problem, but uh, now there's only three and a half to go. They pitch it off on that left side for Thompson. Thompson is going to get back those five yards that they lost on the penalty a little bit ago, but is still going to set up now third and long. In fact, only didn't get all five yards. He only got about two and a half of them, and it's going to be third and 15.
4: Yeah, it kind of looked like there was a little hole there, and then the Broncos were able to kind of shoot underneath some blocks, not defeat them necessarily, but just avoid the blocks And before you know it, he he doesn't have that alley to run through. So nice job by Amherst. Again, but Thompson did a nice job because it looked like there was a nice hole there. He followed everything he could, just pursuit kind of got him. We
3: kind of have an angle at the field, and I am (laughs) geometrically uh, handicapped, I believe. I'm (laughs) not getting a very good spot here. Looking to throw is going to be Kaiser. Kaiser throws it deep. He's got a man wide open, and it's a juggling catch at about the 5-yard line as Lobby
4: was able to track that down, and they'll... Set up first and goal here. Yeah, Lobby and another receiver kind of cross paths, and it kind of confused the defense there. And Lobby, if he's able to keep his feet, walks into the end zone. But unfortunately for him, started backpedaling a little bit and falls over. But he's inside the five-yard line, so it'll be first and goal for the Eagles here. But a nice job there because they needed that play.
3: And tip your hat. He wasn't worried about running with the yep. football. He was worried about catching the football. Yeah, that was his major priority. You see a, a lot of times guys won't make the catch because they're worried about keeping the balance yep. he was worried about just finding the football and going to go get it yeah and he did a nice job of that they're going to mark the ball actually at the three yard line they're going to pitch the ball out here for thompson thompson trying to get the edge and he can't get there
4: great job over there i can't tell who that is is that Florel? it looks like i think maybe. that was
3: Florel, yeah number 10
4: great job of kind of just shooting in underneath and getting to thompson before he has time to even plant his foot but again Overton still in that striking distance and still only got to get seven yards here, and they got three downs to work with, so they're still ahead of schedule after that big catch by Lobby, but a great play by Florel there on that sweep.
3: Well, they need to have something positive. Obviously, this is four-down territory, and they're going to go with the I-formation, Kaiser under center, and we've got a whistle right at the snap, and that's going to be offsides or encroachment on somebody.
4: Looks like they might be... I think, they're pointing to,
3: I, think the, I thought he was pointing toward Amherst. Well, we'll find
4: out here shortly. Yep. Yeah, it is going to be on Amherst. So must have made contact or something. Because I thought if you're offsides and you don't yeah. make contact, you had a free play. Right. Maybe that's just a college or pro rule. No, but, I think it's a high school rule. Uh, so I don't know why the referee blew it dead, but he did. And moved the ball closer there for the Eagles, but replay second down here. So,
3: Well, again, they don't mind that penalty, but they would have liked to see what they got on On second down. As it stands now, it'll be second and goal from the four. Kaiser under center. Little crossbuck action and snipping in underneath. Virtually untouched was Caleb Moore. Moore, nice little crossbuck action there. Has a four-yard run. Yeah, kind of faking the
4: toss and then running that counter back to Moore there and did a nice job. And once he touched the ball, Moore knew he was in the end zone. He basically could walk into that end zone, well-designed play, and a good fake by Kaiser and Moore, both selling the toss because everybody on Amherst was flowing on that one. So nice job there by the Eagles. So Caleb Moore, his first
3: touchdown of the night, the sophomore goes in from four yards out for number four. And they'll go for the two-point conversion here with 2.34 to go. Under center is Kaiser. Kaiser going to keep it, has a lead blocker, trying to get the pylon, cuts back in, takes the pylon out. There's a flag
4: down, hands in the air. The two-point conversion is good if it stands, but it's going to be a hold here on the Eagles. Yeah, and that play just took a long time to develop, but I think sometimes when that happens that long, there's a reason why it's being strung out. And that time, it was, there was a holding call, but, again, he dove for the pile and would have been in, but the holding call is probably what created that little gap for him to dive.
3: Well, see if maybe they give the ball back here to Caleb Moore, but they might have to throw it here. Moore got in for the five-points bank touchdown a little bit ago to make this a 23-point ball game with 2.34 to go in the third quarter. All of our touchdowns brought to you by five-points bank, the better bank, Ian Carney. So this is probably a throwing situation. And unlike the uh, college and the pro game, if you just throw it in the end zone and it gets intercepted, there's no pick-six yep. kind of thing going on here at all. It would be end of the possession.
4: Yeah, and here's where it looks like Overton might be at the slight disadvantage. They don't have that tall guy that you can maybe just lob it up to, like Amherst has had with Eckhout. They'll still just throw this one up here a little bit. And they do
3: lob it out there, and it is going to be incomplete. They were trying to make the connection there with uh, Joss Arajo but wasn't able to hit him in stride. So the try for two is no good. And 234 is left to go here in the third quarter. It's 41 to 18. Amherst still has the lead, but Overton making a nice job of coming back. They'll kick it off. We come back right after
6: this.
3: And welcome back here to the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth, local people, local decisions, local ownership, Nebraska Land National Bank member, FDIC. And maybe it's a little early for this, but uh, I think Amherst has to be somewhat aware of maybe trying to squib kick or an onside or something here. 41 to 18 and uh, kicking off here is going to be Rafael Sandoval. So different kicker here. So I mean, Him and Arajo yeah, been... do alternate quite yep. a bit through the course of the year. And he'll kick it high, traditional kickoff, and he'll kick that one into the end zone about four or five yards deep, and it's still bouncing. Somebody better pounce on that ball before it goes in the
4: trees. Nice kick there by Sandoval. Really got his leg into that one and going to play a little more defense here, but a great drive by the Eagles, and that's exactly what we talked about that they needed. And for the most part, they were able to stay ahead of schedule, and that's when they had success in the first half. That's when they had success on that drive for the most part there.
3: So, again, a lot of football left. But if you're Overton, you've got to probably force a turnover here. And and, uh, Amherst has done a nice job of not uh, turning the ball over. I think they had a turnover on downs, and that's been it. Shotgun formation here for Adelong, Low snap, and they'll hand it off on a little reverse play. And, boy, Overton was ready for that.
4: And that one kind of unraveled pretty quick. Yeah, kind of one of those things that when you have the low snap, it just looks like it throws the timing just slightly off. And Overton wasn't hesitating. When they saw action one way, they were attacking it. So we'll see if Amherst sees that and tries to get some of them over-pursuing. But a nice job by the Eagles once they saw that action, really diagnosed it and just attacked it.
3: It was Hunter Jones that came from basically a split end position on that reverse. So less than two minutes to go here in the third quarter. I snap, just a quick little hitter coming right up the middle. I think that's a Florel trying to get back the line of scrimmage, and he's going to, no, check that, it wasn't Florel, but rather uh, Colin Jackson, and Jackson gets back to the line of
4: scrimmage, and that's about it. Yeah, Jackson kind of just took that dive off that same wing-type action when they bring the guy in motion out of that shotgun. This time they gave the dive, where last time they gave the little sweep around the end. So kind of trying to give some different looks again, see what's working, probing. But Overton's really attacking this running game, kind of forcing Amherst into passing situations, which after the first half success you'd think would favor him, but not able to have any yet.
3: So again, shotgun formation, rolling out, looking the throw here is going to be Adelung. Adelung, nice pass in traffic to Chase Pearson. He got it in there. I think he's, boy, that's awfully close, that first down marker.
4: Yeah, it kind of depends on the spot there, and Adelong took a pop there right at the end and kind of was hit about two or three yards out of bounds. I don't think it was anything dirty, but kind of just one of those plays again where he's probably thinking, I'm throwing the ball. you got to give me some time there, but Eagle's not giving him any breathing room, really putting pressure on him to force this fourth down in less than one.
3: Yeah, fourth and inches. Uh, I don't think we even have the length of the football that we've got to get here. Adelong will be out of the shotgun formation. Has a running back right off of his right shoulder, and he's going to follow him through the hole, cut back to the inside. He's going to get stood up. Didn't get a lot, but didn't need very much at all. Gained about a yard and a half. That will move the chains. So that will move the chains. The chain gang doing that, moving the chains, just like Carney towing repair will do for you if you're stranded on the side of the road. No matter where you are, they'll get you home Carney towing and repair.
4: Yeah, just kind of one of those quarterback sweeps there. Needs a football, kind of put the ball in a guy that's been used to making plays in big situations, whether it be on the football field or basketball court. And Trevor Adelong, he's just able to slip through there, so they'll have probably one more play before the quarter.
3: And they're going to run that. They're going to fake the reverse. Adelong going to that right side. He's going to go off the end. He's going to head upfield, gain about six, and that will be the final play of the third quarter. We'll head to the fourth with... Amherst both driving and leading. They lead it 41-18 to 18 as they will still try to keep this possession going. Second and about four. We come back to Amherst right after this timeout.
6: Ravenna Sanitation, serving all of Buffalo County.
3: And welcome back here to Amherst and the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth. 41-18, to 18, a 23-point lead right now for Amherst. They're beginning to mount a little bit of a drive here. They have a second and four from their own 34. And they've kind of leaned, They've leaned on that running game a little bit more, trying to get the clock moving. Put a man in motion, and they'll hand it off. On that, No, they faked the handoff. Quarterback keeps it, and Adalong is going to gain about four and get pushed back. It depends on the spot here whether or not he's got enough for the first down.
4: Yeah, I think I think he did hand it off on kind of that shallow jet sweep there that time where they faked the dive and handed it yeah, off there. Yeah, they did. And Pearson just about a yard short there. But, again, different looks from Amherst. They're kind of in kind of a wing-type set this time out of the shotgun where you're kind of adjusting all over the place instead of the true spread or under center with the eye. They're giving you different looks that you have to prepare for. It was interesting. Adelong then followed Pearson
3: through the same hole when Pearson had the ball. This time he keeps it himself, shakes off one tackle, has enough for the first down, bounces to the outside. He'll bring it across midfield, across the 30, and he'll be down inside the 30-yard line,
4: more than enough for the first down. Yeah, and that time they fake that jet, and then Adalong, just like he did last time, follows him. But this time, he has the ball. So, again, we talked about multiple looks on the same type of action, and that's exactly what the Broncos do.
3: Gain of 19 moves the chains, and that is a special in-game moment brought to you by the special people at a Care Hospice. Caring for the moments, the matter of locations in Kearney, Grand Island, New York, serving all the trices and beyond. Call a Sarah Care Hospice today for your loved ones when they need the right care at the right time. They go with a little bit of tempo here. Quick little hitter off of that right side, and Adalong followed one
4: back through the hole and gains about three. Yeah, kind of ran the dive and then kind of ran an option, and Adalong just planted his foot, said, I'm going to get north and south, get what I can. Again, nothing fancy, just letting the clock work. That time then with a little more tempo, hoping to catch Overton off guard. I
3: think that was designed to go over the tight end, but he cut it back to the inside and went over guard. Here he's out of the shotgun formation. Adalong will keep it himself, and uh, he'll get wrapped up. As he gets to the line of scrimmage, and that's going to be about it, tie, hub tying him there is going to be Drake Davenport.
4: Yeah, and it looked like they faked the dive, faked the jet, and then they were bringing Hold neck out in, and what looked like it could have been a tight in reverse even. So, again, that's something to look forward to is, are they seeing Overton's trying to over-pursue because Overton is in that big attack mode, or is this just their regular offense where they're, running different stuff different ways.
3: You know, I, I, I think that's what they do, and it was a good job of assignment football there by Overton, not trying to do too much. Again, now that pistol here is going to be Adelung. Adelung looking to roll out, has time. He'll throw it off on a, a little screen over there to Kling, you know, Klingelhoffer. Klingelhoffer has the sideline, cuts back to the inside, tries to get to the pylon, ducks back in, and is
4: in for the touchdown. Uh, great job. They kinda of semi roll Adelong out to the right side where they're looking like they're gonna to try to throw to hold Neck out on a deep corner out. Adelong just plants his foot when he gets to about where Eckhout or was, throws it back to Klingelhofer on kind of that tight end screen, and he does the rest with some nice blocking. I believe it was fifty nine out there. Dane Bogard did a nice job of sealing that edge there so Klingelhofer could go down the sideline and score there. A nicely thrown ball
3: there and Kaylen Klingelhofer. Good open field running. As he's able to uh, go in for the touchdown, a nice uh, 21-yard uh, play there. And they're actually going to go for two here. And a uh, quick little shovel pass in underneath, and that's in for the two-point conversion to Hoffer as well. So now 49-18 to with 9.52 to go here in the fourth quarter. That lead back out the 31 for the Broncos of Amherst. They'll kick it off to Overton. We come back right after this timeout. And, again, another nice strike here from uh, Adelong to Kalen Klingelhopper for a five-points bank touchdown. All of our touchdowns brought to you by Five Points Bank, the better bank, Ian Carney, and, again, thrown into an open area, well-thrown ball, and it allowed Klingelhopper to make that catch, and then after making the catch, be able to see the field and make a couple of moves in open
4: space. Yeah, you know, something that's maybe overlooked is that catchable ball on the ground. Sometimes you see so many quarterbacks try to drill a ball or something and the guy has to make a sliding catch or it's just off their fingertips. But, again, a great ball where he can catch it in stride, turns upfield, sees what he has, and leads to a touchdown.
3: And Adelone will kick it off. it will be picked up at about the three-yard line. Running with it on that far side, there's going to be Lobby. And Lobby is going to get stood up as he gets near the 20-yard line. I, I was... didn't see who made that tackle, but uh, they're going to show that uh, tomorrow in film study and say, that again,
4: that's how you make a tackle. I think Bosch actually kicked that off, and Bergstrom might have made that tackle there as they're kind of looking like they're subbing a little bit more here and there for the, the Broncos. But I believe that was Bergstrom with that picturesque tackle. Great job there. It was well done.
3: So 49-18, 9.47 to go here in the third quarter, and again, now we're playing for Pride.
4: Yeah, definitely just an opportunity here for Overton. Can you salvage it? You've had a nice couple nice drives. Can you do it again to build for the rest of your district play?
3: Kaiser rolling out out of that I formation. He's going to lob it and trying to connect and can't quite connect there with Skylar Brown. And Brown kind of looking like Dave Casper looking over that shoulder, trying to find the ball from his tight end position. And uh, he had a legitimate shot at it, as that was a well-thrown ball, but the coverage was spot-on there by Hunter Jones.
4: Yeah, great coverage there by Jones on the ghost to the post there for Dave (laughs) Casper and Skyler Brown there. Thanks for the reference. (laughs) I do what I can there. But, uh, you know, nice job there. And, again, Overton, as we've mentioned, a younger team. So this isn't just this game. This is building for the rest of the year, building for their future. You weren't even alive when Ghost hey, of the Post was hey, a play. I don't need to be alive to know the game. I get my dad that yells at me for not watching enough football still to this day.
3: little counter play here, and they give it off on that right side, bouncing it out here is going to be Dylan Smith. Smith came from that tight end, kind of a tight end reverse. He's actually lined up more or less a wing back, really, and uh, he makes a nice little counter move there and has enough for the first down, so that's going to be a gain of about well, starting to move the chains,
4: that's, that's what got me to think he had enough for the first down. It's a gain only of nine. Yeah, you know, they faked that toss to Thompson, and then Smith comes right away, so it's kind of still in that same toss action. But again, just barely shortened, they did. They had to move the chains, then reset them there. So I think everybody thought he had maybe more than the officials did. Well, again, I think the officials
3: have done a nice yep. job here tonight. Nine minutes to go here in the football game, 49-18, 31-point lead. A little bit of uh, miscommunication up front, and uh, with the ball is Kaiser. Kaiser's going to be sacked. Half the offensive line didn't move. Defense did move off of the snap. I think maybe the snap was early, which is not against the rules, but
4: it does hang your quarterback out to dry a little bit. He's going to end up losing about five yards. Yeah, I think the center might have been the only one that thought that snap count was coming on that down. But the Broncos, once they saw the ball move, they just went and Kaiser had nowhere to go. So, again, kind of a little miscommunication. Kind well, of I was looking for describe. a flag. I, I was, was looking too. for a
3: flag. But, again, snapping the ball early is not,
4: a, yep. not illegal. It's not a snap infraction if you actually fully snap the ball. Yep, and that's what happened. And Kaiser did a nice job of making sure there wasn't a turnover there because there was about three Broncos that were hitting him just as he got the snap, it looked like. So they'll go out of the shotgun formation.
3: It's going to be fourth and six from the twenty-four, and I think they're going to be called for delay of game. That's going to cost them five more yards.
4: Yep, definitely a delay game there. And they were sending the guy in motion, so they're kind of waiting until he got to the spot there and just ran out of time there. That
3: that extra little bit there, putting yep. the guy in motion, just cost them just enough time that they
4: didn't get the snap off. Yep, and I think now they're going to punt because it's that fourth and eleven, where everyone was fourth and six. I think they still thought, okay, we're going to go for it and see what can happen. But now with it being 11, I think they're going to punt here. But yeah, they, they were facing a
3: pretty tall yep. mountain
4: there anyway.
3: And now with the punt, with the wind in their face, standing there in punt formation is going to be Kohanic, Low snap, but he handles it well. He kicks a high end-over-end kick that's going to hit the turf. And uh, it was starting to make a, uh, over, a bounce for uh, Amherst, but going up high and pulling down the rebound is Brendan
4: Meyer. Yeah, and he did a nice job of kind of shortening that bounce back because that bounce straight back where it looked like if it hits and goes the other way, that might have hit a Bronco and kind of lead to some trouble there. But unfortunately for the Eagles, takes a bounce. That was the
3: intent of Kohanik's punt. uh, Get that nose of the football down and see if it takes a goofy bounce and maybe you can get, uh, get a fumble
4: recovery off the muff. Yep. And we'll see what happens here with this drive because now the Eagles definitely playing for some pride here defensively. See if they can get a stop. So Bosch will be in
3: at quarterback. So Trace Bosch, who's uh, thrown three touchdowns on the year, and he's going to pitch the ball out. And I think that was Florell on the carry. He's going to end up losing about five on the play.
4: Yep, Florell was dropped, and there was a flag on the opposite side of the field. So we'll see what that one's about. But
3: it's going to be a hold. Last lost five. If I'm Overton, I want the ball back a little bit quicker. I would decline this one. And since you – it'd be second and 15. I'd rather have second and 15 than first and about 19. They are going to decline it.
4: Yeah, and I think they think the same thing you did, Randy, there. Let's get it back a little quicker. We had a good play defensively. Reward the kids maybe a little bit for making the nice play. The holding call would have kind of been a bailout there. So nice job there by the Eagles on that play side of defeating blocks and getting some penetration. So will be second, and we'll call it 15,
3: 7.20 to go, clock moving here. 49-18, to 18, Amherst with the lead and the football. Trace Bosch in at quarterback, and he'll hand the ball off to the eye back, and well, no room to run there. And certainly Josh Thompson made sure that was the case as he wrapped up the running back, and I think the ball was uh, – I think it was
4: Florel again. Yeah, Florel. Just nowhere to run. Good job by the Eagles of kind of coming with that run blitz like we've talked about again, of just mixing things up, shooting gaps, and kind of defeating the uh, point of attack blocking to force this long third down.
3: So Farrell was like, uh, you know, I don't mind running the football. I just haven't been able to find a hole yet. As he lost five, and then he lost about two on that one. And they're waiting for the – again, Bosch has been out there enough. He kind of knows – where his bread is buttered, he's waiting for the countdown to go, and now he's going to take the snap, pitch it out. And again, Florel this time tries to outrun
4: a couple of guys. He's going to gain about four on the play. Yeah, and you can tell that wasn't Bosch's first time that he's been out when you're kind of milking the clock. Probably one of those guys that last year had some opportunities, and he, again, didn't even put his hand on the center until the back referee started or back judge started counting the five count with about five left on the play clock.
3: So Bosch will come in and actually throw some balls to yep. Adelung and, and, and the like. Uh, he'll come in there with the, the game still on the line. He's thirteen of twenty for one hundred and eighty-one yards and three touchdowns on the year. That's 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 not a mop-up nope. guy.
4: Nope, very very capable quarterback, and I think that's what Coach Evans likes about it. Is he's a smart player that knows exactly what to do and can do some things.
3: Pressure coming, and a nice job of uh, getting it off very quickly. There by Sandoval, Sandoval's punt is going to be picked up at about the five yard line and great coverage downfield
4: for Amherst is uh, nowhere to make a return there at all. I think that was Hunter Jones down on coverage after Jackson's punt. And a great job of getting that off because that's Overton was coming with the block there.
3: A great special teams moment brought to you by the special people at Care Hospice, caring for the moments that matter with locations in Kearney, Grand Island, and York, serving all the Tri-Cities and beyond. Call Care Hospice today for your loved ones when they need the right care at the right time. Don't forget, coming up uh, here in just a little bit, the Rutz Heating and Air Friday Night Scoreboard Show after we wrap things up here. New West Sports Medicine North Peak surgery post-game show. Kaiser with the quick pitch out there. He's also going to serve as lead blocker leading the way. And uh, one of the uh, Eagles loses his helmet, so
4: he's going to have to come out of the game. Yeah, I think that's Chevy Davenport that lost the helmet there, just trying to do a nice job of blocking where it just kind of pops loose there. Moore with a nice job on that toss play there for Overton, following Kaiser, following number 20 again, Volmer there, leading the way and picking about nine yards there. So nice job on first down of staying ahead of the chains and being physical because that's what Overton's about. That's what they want to do, and that's what they've established their tradition on, and they're not going away from it here today. Moore
3: hasn't touched the ball here until late in the fourth quarter. He's got a four-yard touchdown and now a nine-yard run. And they'll hand it off on that left side and not much room to run there at all. Good job by the uh, linebacking core for Amherst is closing that hole very quickly as Moore really had nowhere to go that time.
4: Yeah, I think Bosch was in on that. And number 85, Jacob Peterson, were kind of really able to stand some guys up. And Moore kind of got the ball and just was engulfed a little bit there. So we've got
3: About four minutes and 18 seconds to go here before Amherst picks up their first win of the season. Under center is Kaiser. Kaiser hands the ball off to his fullback there on third and short. And a gain maybe of about one, and that's about all they need. And handing the ball off to the officials is going to be uh, Alex Hubbard. As Hubbard, the sophomore, is able to plug
4: forward there for a gain of about a yard and a half. Yeah, I kind of ran that just dive, kind of rewarding the guy there. But Amherst able to get a lot of guys in here as they're running people in and out on this homecoming game. Kind of exactly what the doctor ordered for the Broncos here, a nice homecoming victory it looks like. It wasn't easy, that's for nope. sure.
3: Not as easy as the score indicates anyway. Quarterback's are going to keep it after a nice little fake there. Kaiser jumps over one guy. Oh, check that. My apologies. It was They did give it off to the Hubbard there. Yep. and Hubbard's going to gain about five.
4: Yeah, they kind of faked that toss again, ran that little inside counter again. This time it's Hubbard carrying it. Again, just different looks, but it's still a power play because he's angling on that reverse to about the other side's guard or the center area where it's not a real wide reverse. It's kind of a power counter there, given just a different look again.
3: though. running center, two tight ends, eye formation, uh, pitch out to that right side. Running with the football here is going to be Moore. Moore follows his blockers, takes it out to that outside corner, and has enough for the first down.
4: Yeah, Moore just did a nice job of reading the hole and kind of bouncing around where you could never get a clean shot at him before you know it, and you finally do get a tackle on him. He's picked up five or six yards and picks up a first down for the Eagles.
3: So good work there. It is a final, by the way. Carney Catholic wins in Kozab. Final of 53-14. to 14. And we'll have an update on that uh, game for you, a recap on our Rutz Friday right. night scoreboard show. Moore trying to get the uh, corner turn there and grabbing
4: on the jersey and
3: not letting go for nothing was Logan Daly.
4: Yeah, he did a nice job there. And Moore kind of just, again, bounces outside than when he finally decided there was the hole, planted his foot and got north and south because the line did a nice job of surging there. Number 72, Logan Wheeland there kind of was really able to seal that off where it didn't look like he had much. Before you know it, he's dragging the guy for about four yards.
3: Yeah, again, Moore, just a sophomore. Uh, you know, there's a lot of sophomores, juniors, freshmen out there for uh, Overton. This is going to be a pretty good football team in the next couple of years. Moore's is going to come in motion. Kaiser is going to hand it off to his fullback going right up the middle. And just a quick little hitter for about four yards is going to set up now third and two. And again, just a quick hitter here for Alex Hubbard.
4: Yeah, you know, kind of just ran that, send the guy in motion where you're getting that option looking. This time they just gave the dive or gave the guy the ball and the dive there, and it was Hubbard there. Nice line surge again by the Eagles as they're able to pick up four. And it wasn't like he was hitting the backfield and was diving around for four. He just kind of surged forward before they were able to bring him down there. So nice job by the offensive line.
3: And this is very much within the identity of the Eagles with that motion and just power football all sorts of different ways to hand off the ball. They'll uh, keep the ball in the hands here of the quarterback as Kaiser put it in the belly of Hubbard and then uh, pulled it back out and is able to bounce it upfield for a gain of about seven.
4: Yeah, Kaiser does a really nice job of riding that through so the ball gets clear to his back hip where he gets that full read of that defensive end. If he's crashing down, he's going to keep it. If he's staying out wide, he gives it. So, nice job by Kaiser of getting that full range of read there.
3: Well, a handoff would have gained about two yards. He pulled it out and gained about seven. So, the first and 10 from the 30. Minute 12 to go here in the game. Kaiser now looks to throw more with a nice job picking up the uh, block there pass on that right side is going to be a little bit too short for James Anderson to reel in and it falls
4: incomplete. Yeah, Moore did a great job of giving him time and just not able to get enough on there because the route was there. looked like they could have picked up the first down again and Kind of kept moving the ball, but, again, just not quite there. So it'll set up a nice second down. But, again, a good job by Moore of giving his quarterback time so he's not even touched hardly. And
3: Anderson ran a good route there. That's the reason why he was open. It's a good hard cut because he was fairly well covered until that cut. Eye formation here. Kaiser is going to hand the ball off to Moore. Moore, a couple of hands on the ball, puts his head down, runs over one guy at about the 24-yard line, and is going to be down at about the 22, so that'll be a gain of eight.
4: Yeah, and if there's a play that kind of exemplifies Overton football, I think that might signal it right there. you got about a minute left, not a real close game, and Moore is delivering the hit when he's running the ball instead of being hit, and that's a good thing from a running back. Right
3: he's only there. 145 pounds, but he was running behind those shoulder yep. pads.
4: Kind of looks like a nice bowling ball out there where you better tackle him low, otherwise he's going to deliver the hit on you.
3: Final 30 seconds left as they pitch it out to Moore. Moore tries to get the edge, and he cannot. He's going to be short of the first down on – third and about three so he'll gain about two on the play 20 seconds left and we'll see if overton's going to be in a big hurry to snap the football they don't need to if they don't want to but they have the ball at the 20 yard line now 10 seconds left they're still in the huddle
4: and i think they're 49
3: to... 18s our score yeah they break the huddle i think they want to get this one off but there's five seconds left four kaiser takes the snap fakes the handoff He's looking to throw. He's going to lob it into the end zone. Defender, I mean, the offensive player fell down, and it's going to fall incomplete, and that's going to do it. That is our final play of the game, and it is a final score here, 49-18, to a 31-point win here for the Amherst Broncos on homecoming
4: night. You know, and great coverage on that last play there, but the Broncos get exactly what they need. Struggled some earlier early on this year but were able to establish their identity spread the ball around and I guess you could say welcome back hold neck out a little bit for the Bronco offense as Eckhart was able to provide some explosive plays in their passing game with Trevor Adelon looking at him and he looked really sharp that first half but a off soft Overton Eagles because they were able to do some very good things throughout the game running the ball especially and then Kaiser throws a very nice ball I don't know what his percentage was coming in, but it was very underrated with as good of a ball as he delivered there in this game, I felt like. Yeah,
3: he he completed about a third of his uh, passes coming in. He was 14 of 43, uh, and uh, here tonight he was 7 of 15 for 112 yards. Did have an interception that turned into a a touchdown on on the drive, and that's one of the factors that kind of hurt him. They had three turnovers, a couple of fumbles, the interception. Each time they turned the ball over turned into a touchdown for Amherst, and tip your hat to the Broncos, you get a turnover, turn them into points, that uh, that will turn your season around.
4: Yeah, and they did exactly what they needed to, create turnovers, capitalize on them, and then I don't know if they turned the ball over themselves. And they did one. And one, that's one turnovers also. They still won the turnover battle. That's generally a great way to get back on track in the season. And the big thing for Amherst, that's a district win. That's kind of a one-plus thing if you're looking at that there. For over 10, their youth really competes well. I think for even being a younger team, they were able to do a lot of really good things with a lot of freshmen, sophomores, the occasional junior and senior out there. But they got to be excited about their future because they were able to do some very, very good things, especially on the ground and setting up their play action pass. Because Kaiser might have been 7 of 15. But I bet you had about those last two or three were his incomplete ones.
3: Yeah, they were. Well, we're going to take a quick break when we come back with the New West Sports Medicine and North and Peak Surgery postgame show and wrap up things here from Amherst as the Broncos win it 41 to 18 and hopefully talk with both kid coaches. We'll have a postgame show coming up right after this timeout.
6: Sign, click, deposit. Nebraska Land National Bank is now offering mobile deposit. You can now deposit your checks whenever and wherever it's convenient for you. Because we all know sometimes 24 hours in a day just isn't enough. Download our mobile banking app to your smartphone and start depositing checks the easy way. Visit us online at nebraskalandbank.com slash mobile deposit for more information.
5: Nebraska Land National Bank.
6: Member FDIC.
3: and welcome back here to Amherst. Uh, this is the New West Sports Medicine North Peak Surgery post-game show. Certified and fellowship-trained physicians provide a superior standard of care with no referral necessary. No matter the activity, New West is here to get you back to it. Schedule your appointment today. Once again, a final of forty-nine to eighteen, Amherst with the uh, win here over over the uh, Broncos of Amherst. And uh, kind enough to join us, Coach Evans. Who we got? Yep, me and Colin Fire. All right. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk with Colin as well. Okay. All right, Ron. Excellent. First of all, congratulations, Ron. Nice win.
9: Yes, thank you. It was one we really needed uh, after getting off to zero and three start. It was. Uh, we played a lot better from the from the get-go. First quarter was a lot better, and we, we established our passing game, running game, and defense played a lot better.
3: I wasn't sure if you were taking off on me, so I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> wasn't sure what we were doing here. Uh, Coach Pfeiffer, uh, you have to be very happy with how the offense got started here in the early stages of the game here. First two drives, you guys looked very efficient offensively.
11: Yeah, it was a, it was a good showing for us tonight. It was finally nice
4: to be on the other end of it. Uh, our first three games, we started out 14 nothing behind, uh, tonight was a little different for us. We were efficient offensively, didn't turn the ball over, and we got out to a 14-0 lead.
3: And, again, we, we pay a lot of attention, obviously, to Adelung and, and, and out catching and throwing the ball, that sort of thing. But I thought you guys' offensive line looked very good, gave, uh,
4: gave him plenty of time to throw the ball.
11: Yeah, our offensive line is, has
4: came a long, long ways this year. Uh, we moved Dane Bogard away from center this year, moved him out to guard. We thought maybe he'd be a little bit more productive for us on the edge. Um, Jacob Peterson has done a nice job for us and a kid who's never played offensive lineup for us until this year, Grant Bergstrom has done a heck of a job at center.
3: Colin Pfeiffer, offensive coordinator here for the Amherst Broncos, and head coach Ron Evans joining us after the Broncos pull off a 49-18 to win. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, Coach Evans on the other side of the ball, your your defense did a nice job, built a 21 nothing lead yeah, you end up giving up a couple of, uh, of touchdowns, but you also created a short field by, by picking up uh, three turnovers.
9: Yeah, that was big for us to get that first turnover early, and we had a short field to go, and then we got another turnover too, and another short field, and that makes it real easy for your offense to operate. So, yeah, the defense was a little more opportunistic tonight about you know, causing turnovers and then getting those fumbles. We've been getting turnovers, or we've been getting – you know, chances at turnovers. We just haven't been getting them. You know, where we yeah, against some You know, our first three games, we had chances to get real close, had balls on the ground or balls we could intercept, and we didn't get it done. But tonight, we did a lot better with that. We we picked them up and, and you know and took them over.
3: We 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 did talk a couple of times during the game that uh, you know, yes, the games count obviously, especially when you're looking at wild card. But really, it's kind of a preseason before you get into district play obviously very important to come up with a, a district win. What does this kind of mean for the district race and the role that Amherst is going to play in it?
9: Yeah. Well, we've got to come out and play much, much better defensively and, you know, and be turnover free for the rest of the season because Elm Creek and South Loop are going to be, the next two games are going to be real tough, and we've got to go on the road for both of those. So we've got to get off to a good start in, all, in both those games in order to be competitive because they're two good football teams we're going to have to deal with.
3: Well, I know it's homecoming night, and I think you guys kind of want to get out there, don't you? Oh, sure. All right, Ron, appreciate the time. Coach Pfeiffer, appreciate uh, meeting you, and, and uh, thanks for joining us. Once again, our final on this one, 49-18 Amherst with the win. And again, next week uh, they uh, will be taking on Elm Creek, and that will not be an easy task. But, boy, they, they certainly did what they need to
4: get done today. Yeah, you know, they definitely took advantage of their opportunities, and they did what they needed to do, and that's spread the ball out, let a lot of guys touch the ball, let their athletes operate in space, and I think you got to tip your hat to Coach Pfeiffer and Coach Evans of realizing they have a lot of versatile athletes and putting an offense in that lets them capitalize on that athleticism.
3: And uh, again, they, they spread things out, and and Coach Pfeiffer talked about the, how well the offensive line played, and I think that was... You know, one of those things that people don't necessarily talk about but very, very key tonight because Adalong, except for when he ran the ball, he was able to keep his jersey clean. He did not, yeah, he got hit a few times throwing, but for the most part he was rolling out and uh, had plenty of time to throw some uh, nice deep balls. Let's go through our uh, scoring summary. We'll begin the first two drives of the game. Uh, Amherst was able to capitalize and go in for the touchdown. First drive ended when Trevor Adelong ran it from 22 yards out. Their next possession, Hunter Jones, went in from six yards out. It was 14 to nothing before you even got your popcorn. Uh, from the concession stand Amherst a couple of drives later Adalong, after a, uh, f- a fumble, hit uh, hold the neck out on a 16-yard pass that made it 21 to nothing. And then almost immediately, just uh, took a couple of plays for Overton to go the distance. Uh, Josh Thompson ran in from 18 yards out. The uh, try for point was no good. It was 21 to six at that point. And then a couple of drives later, Adalong hit Chase Pearson on a 31-yard pass that made it 21 to six. Overton responded right back almost immediately. Braden Kaiser hit Skylar Brown on a 16-yard pass that made it 28 to 12 in the second quarter and then trevor Adelong hit colin jackson on a 30 yard strike that made it 34 to 12 as the point after was no good then right before halftime Adalong again this time to hold the neck out from 25 yards out that made it 41 to 12 at intermission as they scored in the final minute before halftime and then Overton, their second drive of the second half. Caleb Moore goes in from four yards out. That made it 41 to 18. And then the only score came in the fourth quarter, belonged to Amherst. That's when Adelong hit uh, Kalen Klingelhoffer. Klingelhoffer, nice run in open space. He goes in from 21 yards out. That made it 41 to 18, a 31 point win here for the Amherst Broncos as they improve their record now to 1 and 3 on the year. Our sports wrap up is brought to you by the Buffalo County Farm Bureau. Everything you need covered, wrapped up in one great insurance agent, Buffalo County Farm Bureau in Carney, We're going to take another break. We're going to total up some numbers, and hopefully we'll have a chance to talk with uh, Paul Husenfeld, the head coach of the Overton Eagles. We'll do that as we come back to Amherst right after this timeout.
2: While dreams of sugar plums dance in some little heads, does your child dream of combines and cornfields instead? CHS Agri-Service Center wants to be the company that helps you make those dreams come true. Family farms are passed down from generation to generation, and CHS has prided themselves in being here in the communities, the schools, and on the farm, helping you make those dreams come true. CHS Agri-Service Center. People and resources you can count on always. And always here at chsagra.com.
6: If you're a grower looking for big yields, start with Pioneer brand Y-Series soybeans. And don't forget to ask your Pioneer sales professional about the Pioneer premium seed treatment options that can help your soybeans stand up to the toughest growing conditions. Why go anywhere else for your entire soybean seed needs? To learn more about seed treatment options for your farm, contact Craig Weges, local Pioneer sales representative today. Pioneer, science with service, delivering success. And welcome back here.
3: This is the New West Sports Medicine North Peak Surgery Post Game Show. But don't forget, coming up, we'll have our Ruts Heating and Air Friday Night Scoreboard Show coming up for you in just a few moments. Uh, let's take a look at some numbers. Well, again, first of all, for Overton, Braden Kaiser was uh, seven of fifteen for hundred and twelve yards in the air. Did have one interception. Uh, leading receiver was Ryan Lobby had two catches for 41 yards. Actually, now that I total everything up here, uh, nice job there being leading receiver by Dylan Smith. Smith actually had two catches for 46 yards, so... Kind of has a slight edge there. Uh, Josh Thompson carried the ball 12 times for 44 yards. Caleb Moore, 7 carries for 33 yards and a touchdown. Leading rusher was Ashley Kaiser. Kaiser had 11 carries for 45 yards. Ryan Lobby, 4 carries for 14 yards. Dylan Smith had a couple of carries for 28 yards. Tony Vollmer. Three carries for 13 yards. So overall on the ground, 41 rushing attempts here for Overton for 188 yards. And they also had 112 yards in the air. So they uh, were able to get right at, according to my numbers, exactly 300 yards of total offense here for Overton. But they do fall to Amherst, a final of 41-18. to For the Broncos leading the way, Trevor Adelung throwing the ball as he was... uh, I haven't totaled up that number yet, but he finished with 275 yards, and he had uh, 30 passing attempts, and uh, he had uh, 17 of 30 for 275 yards, had five touchdowns throwing the football here on the night. Holden Eck out was a leading receiver. He cut the ball six times, had 66 yards in receptions. Uh, about the same number here for Chase Pearson. He had four ca- uh, four catches for 71 yards, so Pearson actually the leading receiver in the game here for Amherst. Running the ball for the Broncos, Hunter Jones has uh, uh, six carries for 19 yards. Uh, relatively short night running the ball here for Sam Florell. Floral carried the ball four times for five yards. And Analong had a solid night running the ball, had over 100 yards rushing on 17 carries. Chase Pearson had two carries for seven yards, and Colin Jackson, uh, three carries for a negative three. Riley Thompson had one carry for 25 yards. So uh, overall, about 148 yards of rushing here for Amherst in the ball game as a team. And again, they had 275 yards in the air. So they're right in the neighborhood of 400 yards in the game. But again, some turnovers Giving them the short field—that's one of the big differences here in the game. As Overton wins this one by a final of forty-nine to eighteen, and uh, Scott will uh, let you have some of the last words here to kind of wrap this one up.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, Amherst was able to capitalize on winning the turnover battle, and then a key stretch was about the four hundred eight mark left in the first half to halftime. They won that scoring drought like 14 to nothing. When it was 28 to 12, they were able to push the lead in that stretch there. And that proved to be a big momentum swing that was able to propel them to a nice homecoming victory. So Amherst
3: picks up their first win of the year. It comes in district play. It will not be easy for them as they travel to Elm Creek next Friday night to take on the uh, Buffaloes. And uh, at last report, the Buffaloes still undefeated on the year. I haven't seen their score here uh, recently. But uh, they'll uh, travel to Elm Creek to take on the Buffaloes. Over to now 1-3 and on the year they'll travel to Bertrand to take on the Vikings. Once again, uh, I want to say uh, thanks to our engineer back in the studios, Ed Smith. Uh, Scott Carlin, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for letting me do it, Randy. All right, looking forward to it. I'm Randy Buschkeller. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, coming up almost immediately will be the Ruts Heating and Air Friday Night Scoreboard Show coming up here on Classic Hits 98.9. Once again, our final, it's Amherst 49, Overton 18. That's the final from Amherst. Good night, everybody.